Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Shop in store or online at Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It's Friday, yeah. I love it. Friday, Friday the 18th of Feb, and it's just after 6 o'clock here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Well, we don't have Baz. We don't have Louie. We got Ricardo Ball. He's up there in the studio. I'm going to cross over to him very shortly to get a little update on how he is. He's had a busy week. Busy week. Talking rugby with some absolute legends of the game as we build up to this weekend's Super Rugby competition. So I look forward to chatting to him about that. But we've got a good show for you today. What a day for the Matt, for Matt Henry and the Black Caps. Matt Henry waking up in his home city hoping Tom was finally able to win a toss. Black Caps bowled first and it was all Matt Henry claiming figures of 7 for 23. Third best all time. For the Black Caps and rolling South Africa for 95. Black Caps are currently 116 for three with Henry Nichols, 37 not out, and with Neil Wagner. Oh, well, he's coming being a night watchman and doing what he does best and just holding the fort down. And Baz Skip McCallum, oh, he was calling the game, he was commentating, so we'll get a wee update from him uh, this morning, just after seven o'clock as the Black Caps head into day two as favourites. Wow, great bowling from Matt Henry. He must have been listening yesterday. Must have been listening to Dooley. When Dooley came on and just poked, prodded at the fire. Just got him up there and got him excited and ready to rip him into day one at Christchurch. Anyway, looking forward to chatting to Skip Baz and see how how he's going. And then we're going to talk some Silver Lakes. Because guess what? The Silver Lakes deal, it's signed, sealed, delivered. All parties have agreed to the deal with Silver Lakes for NZR Commercial Co. investing 200... With Silver Lakes investing 200 million for the NZR Commercial Co. for a 5.71% slice of the Commercial Co. um, stake. With the opportunity to invest 100 million late in 2022, which will take the stake to 
8.58%. We'll chat to Craig Calder of South Canterbury. He is a CEO, and we'll chat to him about what this investment does for grassroots at the level. So looking forward to chatting to Craig Calder. I think it's great news for grassroots, and I know they were really on board last year when we spoke to them about uh, the opportunities that this will do. Uh, there's actually a lot of finer details that we'll touch on just around 7.20. Um, I've got an email from Mark Robinson just with all the finer details, which involves it's not actually just giving them all of the money. $200 million is not just going straight to NZR. It's actually going into a portfolio, which actually gains interest of 4% over three years, and then three years' times it turns into equity, um, which is great. They actually don't need the money right now, so while it's sitting there, it'll be uh, gaining some um, gaining some profits from it. So looking forward to chatting to Craig Cowder about what that means. And then after 8 o'clock, we're going to talk some Super Rugby because it starts this weekend. Chiefs v Landers, Hurricanes v the comp favourites, Crusaders. TJ Pedernada is currently injured with a knee injury at home in Wellington, so he'll join us to share an update about how he's gone. And talk super rugby. No doubt he'll be ripping into me and the Crusaders. But hey, that's alright. He's got nothing to back him up. And then to finish the show with our Waikato Stud Racing Preview. We're going to chat with probably the form jockey in New Zealand at the moment. Uh, Craig Grills. He's on an absolute grill as of late. He's winning so many races. Won the Herbie Dyke Group 1 with Coventina Bay. And he's racing today in MP and also the big meetings. Uh, the big meeting Saturday at Ellerslie. So we're going to have a chat to Craig Grillsey. Looking forward to chatting to him. Like always, give us a text, double eight double three on the text line or 0800 on the Kennard's higher phone line, 0800 150 to talk anything. There is lots and lots happening around the world. Over in the UK, we're going to touch on that. South Africa potentially going to the Six Nations. Silver Lake Steel, what does that mean for New Zealand rugby? Is everyone for it? How are you feeling about the Silver Lakes deal? I know you were very passionate last year when we were talking about the Silver Lakes deal. Are you still for, are you still against? What's your initial thoughts when New Zealand Rugby signed it off and the boards all come together and the unions, provincial unions, 26 of them, have all agreed? What's your initial thoughts? Give us a text, double eight, double three on the text line. I'm gonna, that's enough of my voice. I'm going to cross over to Auckland and say g'day to the team. Kez and Joe and Emma, thank you so much for that. The news and then Ricardo Ball. He is filling in for the next couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to this. Good morning, brother. Hey, good morning. It's, I, I was it's beginning to think that uh, that Baz was still with us, mate. Uh, all that horse racing knowledge, the way you delivered the uh, the big uh, the big talk <laughs> up for the for the jockey that's coming on, Craig Grills. I was just like, hang on. Last time I was on the show, uh, <laughs> you know, it was it, it was a little bit different. But it sounds like you're well schooled now. Baz has fully converted you. Oh mate, I, yeah, I've been man, I've been doing the show for oh, about seven months now, and most of the show is horse racing. And I'm, I'll be honest, I actually love it. And I've I've just bought ten percent uh, share in a horse over in Australia, myself and Bears <laughs> and a couple of mates in Auckland. So I'm fully, fully converted. But mate, I, I actually really enjoy it. It's a, it's a great industry. Um, yesterday we were, uh, you know, lucky enough to to chat to uh, the owners Brendan and Joe Lindsay of Probabil, which is probably our one of our greatest horses to come out of New Zealand, just so successful, won so many Group Ones, and just an absolute champion. And I guess when you when you're talking about it all day, mate, um, you kind of get grow an interest in it, and that's what I've done. I've grown an interest, and today I know we've got our Love Racing update coming up later, and 
last night I was think, I was sitting there going, oh man, I've got to pretty much probably I'm probably doing this. So had to do a wee bit, wee bit of a, a have a look. I've got a few tips. I've, I've put a few multis on, so I'll do a little wee update um, at around seven thirty ish, and yeah, get it going, mate. So you, you've been. I know when you come on, you started punting because you activated your your TAB account, mate. Have you still been going? Yeah, oh, no, not so much, not so much. Well, I haven't. Well, it's that. Let me clarify. I've been punting. I just haven't been punting on horses. Ah, you're more of a sports punter, aren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. So when I'm away from when I'm away from the gurus like uh, you and Baz, uh, in terms of tips, <laughs> uh, you know, I kind of kind of lay off the horses and and stick to my sport. But I, I had a I had a decent win the other day. Is uh, when the, yeah. the Wellington Phoenix the Wellington Phoenix women have been tracking pretty well, and I knew there was a win coming yeah. when they played Canberra. I thought this is the game they'll target because they were down the bottom with them, and they were paying yes. five fifty at the tap, and they won three 0 and I got on them. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll take that. Yes, that's good, mate. That's good. And the Wellington Phoenix men's mate, well, they're, going, they're on fire, mate. You must be pumped, mate. Going so well, three points off top place now. Mm. What is it? What's what's the change that you can see? What, what can you see that they're doing? You know, just doing better now than than what they won't be able to do back in the day. Uh, I think. I think, well, I think Ufuk Talley is a big part of it, you know, that coach that, that they've got. I think he, he's gelled them really well. And I thought at the beginning of the season they looked a bit underdone and they had uh, they mm. couldn't bring anyone in. So they were just uh, putting yep. academy players up. But I think that started to pay off. Uh, and so they've got mm. a group of good young Kiwis who are able to go in and do a job. But then, of course, in January too, they brought in Gail Sandoval, the Mexican, and uh, Scott Wooten, who used yep. to play for Manchester United in Leeds. And both of those guys scored against Brisbane. Um, so I, I think those two have made a massive difference in terms of the balance of the side as well. So, yeah, if those, those two stay fit, watch out, mate. Here we come. It'll be quite good to um, to chat to them about how they've really embraced the challenge of the COVID kind of situation and getting a real understanding of what what's their mentality heading towards. I know that in the A-League, they're always... They are always playing over in Australia, so it's, it's the normal. But then they've also had the Fortress in, in Wellington that they've been able to, to go go back to. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what how they've really approached it and, and walked towards the challenge of, of being situated in Australia for long periods of time. Like, you could probably help uh, the Warriors, um, you know, the netball team, if we've had, they're having to travel over there, the All Blacks, if they're going to have to go travel over there. Like, it'll be quite interesting to see how they've really... Really approach today? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they they I think they learned a lot from last season, and they brought that because they had to do the same last season. And I, I'll be interested to see how the Warriors go this season on that, is he? Because they got their their first mm-hmm. game against uh, first trial match against the Storm this weekend. Uh, but they've had a year yeah. to you know to get used to being living in one place offshore. Almost, I, it'd be like being at a uh, I mean, it is a tournament, you know. But you know what I mean? It'd be like being at a World Cup, but instead of for one month, you're there for six. So. It's just trying mm. to keep it fresh, I suppose, eh? Is it our year? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, a pa- on, I'm a Parramatta fan, so uh, <laughs> 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 uh, I think it's more likely. Oh. I think it's more likely my year than the Warriors' year. Uh, you know, okay. with Para. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I, it's been funny actually. On the on extra time, I've been doing a thing as we've been going through last year's table from 16th mm. up, and I'm about halfway through now, and I've been getting a different fan who's like a hardcore fan yep. of each club just to talk about expectations for 2022. Uh, you know, the ins, the outs, the coach, um, yeah. 
which yeah. player's still at the club, they'd drive to another club happily, you know, that that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, you look at some of the some of the teams down in that bottom half that have strengthened and some of the things they've done. Like, I think the Cowboys will struggle again this year, but the Broncos will be a lot mm. better. I reckon the Cowboys will knock on the door of the eight, or uh, sorry, the the Bulldogs. Mm. Um, so I think there's, you know, I think, yeah, the, I, I think there's teams that have gone past the Warriors that were last year weren't there. Yeah, the, I've been watching the Bulldogs and I follow Phil Gould on Twitter and um, just getting a real good update. And Josh had her cars there and kind of seeing him. I, I see them on a lot on the social media. They look like they've got a real. Um, happy, happy bunch of guys at that moment, eh? They're, they're heading in the right direction. Do you reckon? Do you reckon they've got the squad? Because they've been easy beats as of late. Um, Trent Barrett coaching, and they've got Matt Dufty at the back, Josh had a car, so the squad's shaping up really nice. You'd think they, they've got the the game and the, and the squad to push for higher honours. Well, yeah, I think so, man. I think so, especially having Phil Gould there. I mean, I'm a, I'm a bit... Yeah. I'm not convinced by Trent Barrett as a coach, but I, I he probably hasn't had a decent crack yet. Uh, to be fair, but you look Steve at Steve Hansen. Yeah, well, and <laughs> he was all right. He could coach a bit. Um, but but you look yeah. who they've brought in is this year. You know, Paul Vaughan, former State of Origin player, mm. Tavita Pungai Jr., yeah. Brett Naden from the Panthers, uh, Max King from the Storm. Uh, they've brought in Matt Burton from the Panthers, who was one of their best. Braden Burns from South Sydney. Uh, you mentioned Ado Carr mm. and and Dufty, Reese Hoffman, who was one of the better ones for the Tigers last year. They've strengthened really well, and the players have lost. Yeah, I don't think they've lost any that they would really want to keep. And that, in fact, that was one of the questions I, I asked uh, each of these fans is, of the players you lost, who would you have wanted to kept? And, um, you know, the only one they could say was Nick Meaney. They were happy to see everyone else go. You know, they were guys who were just um, either weren't good enough or were getting to the end of their careers, and they were just like, nah, it's a complete refresh. It might take a while for them to gel, but I think yep. that that Bulldogs team looks pretty good, man. I, re- I would not be surprised yeah. to see them finish sort of sixth, seventh, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be watching them with interest. I'm a West Tigers fan, mate. She's been a tough old uh, slog. But that's I was only West Tigers because I love Benji Marshall, mate. Oh, mate. Uh, I love watching Benji who, play. Who doesn't love Benji? I, 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 we did the Tigers. Oh. And, uh, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I know you're a bit younger than me, Izzy, but I, I, I remember that uh, great Tigers team that had, you know, Blocker Roach, Paul Surin and Junior Pierce. Uh, the Wiz, mm. Gary Jack out the back, all those guys. And I was, mm. you know... And I and I said to the guy who we had on doing the West Tigers thing, I was like, "Who's?" And he's an Australian. I'm like, "Who's the greatest Tiger of all time?" He's like, "Benji, Benji," and he's like, "He's uh, you know." And he even said he's got a kid on the way, and uh, he's already cleared it with his missus. If it's a boy, it's Benjamin. So there you go. That's yeah. that. You know, I mean, that, that says that says a lot, doesn't it? That does, mate. Benji, um, Scotty Prince. Oh, who else? Uh, Paul Fatawera. Oh, who else? Ah. Luke Rooney, oh man, they got they got hurt so many. I used to love watching them play. They were just um, they were my team and, and the Benji influence. Um, so I'll go Tigers and then and then I go the Warriors. We've got to talk about the Warriors, mate. Like let's be honest, Sean Johnson, Sean Johnson, he's he's obviously the big talking point coming back home. Um, can he reignite his form and reignite his playing days like uh, as evolved with the Warriors? Can he influence this side as much as we are hoping? I reckon he will. I reckon he will. You know, the thing I think about Sean Johnson, and this isn't a criticism of him as such, but I reckon 
being in the fish, you know, that little fish pond that is Auckland, uh, where you're the one team, one town type thing. He was the golden boy. He was almost undroppable regardless of what happened. Going over to Aussie yeah. and playing at Cronulla for three years, I reckon that real hard-nosed Australian approach, whereas, mate, you don't, you're no one. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are. You've got to prove yeah. it week in, week out. I reckon that's made him a better mm. player. And I think it'll be less about him and less about him having to yeah. break the game open every game, and it'll be more about his game management yeah. and bringing other players into it. I reckon he will lift the team. Yeah, definitely. I think he'll, he'll be a great addition. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. I, I, I totally agree with you, Rick. I, I think him doing that and having that game management, but then still, when he was great, his ability to have a go up the line and put his footwork on and create opportunities for other, others around him because he is so agile and can move side to side, I think that's his biggest threat. So we don't want to lose that, but you're right. Keep game management. The Warriors, they need the ball down the right ends of the park and they need their forwards in the right end of the park so they can do what they do best and just annihilate that team. So I'm looking forward to watching the Warriors, mate. They're going to be, uh, hopefully, it's our year. But anyway, coming up, we're going to talk a bit of, talk a bit of Six Nations because, wow, there's some big news coming out of the UK, Ricardo Ball. Maybe South Africa. South Africa going to ditch the South and head north. We'll come back and talk about that very, very shortly with Ricardo Ball. We're back shortly. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Yes, good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SNZ. It's 24 minutes past six here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. And, well, we've got a few texts quickly I'll get to. Morning, team. Hope you guys took my tip yesterday. $10 for 10 maidens in the power play. And, no, I didn't. I didn't <laughs> apologise. <laughs> oh, I thought of you straight away this morning who texted that yesterday. I was like, oh, no, we're going to get annihilated this morning so no have you got any more tips for today what's going to happen today bud flick them through on the text line and leave your name at the bottom please and then another one morning is Dom here don't be silly mate the Chiefs are favoured to win and he's let put a boy <laughs> he's put a boy at the end <laughs> oh man it's okay it's okay I, I, I put up a wee uh, someone put up a wee tweet yesterday and saying that I'm uh Favoured, I've, I've picked the Crusaders' favoured to win, and he said, oh, you're going out on a limb there. And I said, well, I'm not going out on a limb, mate. Just the stats, they just always win it. So, I just, so I've just been, I'm just being honest and probably the smart play in the end. Anyway, that's oh. enough of that. Well, as I was, talking to, I was talking to Norm Hewitt during the week on, the, on, on our uh, yeah. Hurricane Valley Super Rugby show, and I said, mm. you know, that whole thing of playing the Crusaders the week in a friendly or a trial match the week before yeah. you start the competition proper is... That's the wrong yeah. thing to do to beat the Crusaders in the trial match, mate. You're just going to cop the backlash. The backlash. It's guaranteed. Oh, I know. I mean, what's happened now? I mean, if the Crusaders had won that by 30 points, do you think we'd have been hearing, yeah. oh, actually, our six All Blacks are available for round one? I don't reckon. <laughs> no, mate. They've bought the firepower in as well. But, hey, look, look the Canes, they haven't been, like, a full-strength side for the last year or so. I'm not, no disrespect to them. But different firepower, different kind of um, you know athletes on either side. But they really embrace this challenge. Honestly, they really embrace this challenge. We're going to talk to TJ Pitanala after eight and uh, talk to him about the kind of philosophy and the mindset that they have when they are play- facing the Crusaders. Honestly, I say it all the time, they absolutely hate them. They yep. hate the Crusaders. And I, I said to TJ and I said to Corey Jane, I was like, why do you hate us? 
and and they were just like, "Cause man, you you're arrogant, you blah blah that." But reality is, after a while, they came. It's just because you win. It's because yeah. you win, and, and it's because you guys are good, and it's a respect thing, and, and that, that's it's okay. But they take it more than that when they're out there, eh? They try and bring a bit of niggle and, and everything like that. So I'm looking forward to chance to TJ, and honestly, Ricardo, this weekend I think it's going to be a lot closer yeah, than. Uh, Pundits probably probably think. No, TJ for the Canes, though. Eh? I wonder how his knee is. We'll have to find that out. Mm. Yeah, we'll find that out um, after eight, brother. I think he's all right. He's, he's going for a walk the other day, and uh, we'll get a wee update, mate. But we need an update from over in the in the UK, mate. South Africa, are they going the Six Nations, Ricardo? Well, it looks that way, mate. It looks that way. Chris Foy, who's the uh, the rugby editor at the Daily Mail, um, bloke that I know reasonably well, he's usually on the money. And um, he's saying that... Yep. 2025, South Africa will mm. be in the Six Nations and they'll jettison Italy. Uh, that's mm. the talk. And, mate, that, what that means for rugby down here is, a, you know, that's, a, that's another conversation. But what it means for Italian mm. rugby as well. But the way it works, and, and maybe this sort of maybe puts uh, that Silver Lake deal in a, in a different sort of uh, a different light. Guess how much CVC, the, uh, the financial partner, have put in for a one seventh stake, seven hundred and forty three million New Zealand dollars. <laughs> seven hundred and forty three million, and they're the ones wow. apparently pushing that. They're like, "Hey, we're going to give you this money, but we want South Africa in." And that you this know, is, this money talks, man. Oh, it's going to hurt, eh? It's going to hurt because South Africa they actually bring all the broadcasting rights and all the broadcasting um, fund, you know, funds yeah. to. To the championship, mate. They are the big fish in this championship. It's going to be a huge loss. Japan. Japan will probably fill that void, wouldn't they? Because they bring a they bring a lot of yen, those guys. Well, they bring a lot of yen, but, I mean, do they, do they yeah. is it competitive? And how long, is it, how long, how much yeah. yen does it stay if, you know, if, we have to, if we're putting 60 points on Japan mm. every week and 30, 40 points on the Wallabies every week, you know, and... Uh, I mean, I think this is why New Zealand rugby's been sort of fishing in that US pond, day eh? Because they know there's a lot of money over mm-hmm. there, and they want them to get competitive as well. But man, it's going—it's a long road to hoe. It's only—we're only talking three years away now. But you're right. You're right. We need—it needs to hold its integrity, doesn't it? We need a, a strong uh, competition because you saw what happened. I think no disrespect to Australia or anyone like that, but we saw how great we were here. You know, we put on some great performance against South Africa. They were obviously the world champions. We we punished Australia, Argentina put them to the sword, and then we go to Europe and we we face the European sides that are playing quality football every single week. Yeah, and they trounced us a couple of times. So, well, if yeah. you, you think about it, is it the right decision? Yeah, mm. you think about it. Is it, we only had four games that mattered last season, really. Uh, mm. The two against the box, the one against the French, one against the Irish. I mean, we, we only won one of them. I mean, we we're always going to beat Australia, yeah. weren't we? You know, so I mean that that puts it into mm. sort of you have to start start looking at it and go, you know, how much is losing South? Africa? I mean, I think we've already lost a bit, and I think Fozzie's already talked about it. Lost a bit of not playing the mm. South African sides every week in Super Rugby because of COVID. Yeah, um, and so you know, and that, that their teams have now gone up, and they're in this United Rugby Championship, playing the best Irish, Scottish, mm. uh, Italian, and Welsh teams. And if we, uh, you know, we thought that was maybe a a measure for just a short period of time, but man, look, looking mm. like uh, it was just the first step, and now we could lose the box from the rugby championship. And what does that mean for New Zealand rugby? Ooh, that's going to be huge, mate. It's going to be huge. Give us a text double eight double three. What are your initial thoughts if South Africa uh, move to the north? 
will this make uh, the competition in there? Well, it's going to be less, isn't it? It's going to be, we're going to struggle, and it's going to be a huge, huge loss. Give us a text with your initial thoughts, double eight, double three. And then coming up, maybe 7.20, we might get Chris Foy over from the UK to have a wee chat about what's unfolding in the Six Nations. They've come out and said, look, we don't make too many changes in the Six Nations over the years. We're not going to add to it. We're not going to add more teams. But someone like South Africa coming in and the power that they bring with behind them, um, it's just going to be a, a huge positive for them. I want to get an understanding of what Italy are feeling. Can't wait to chat to Chris Foy and see how Italy and Italy Rugby Union are feeling about this. They'll be distraught in uh, losing their spot in the Six Nations. But anyway, that's enough coming up. It's uh, going to talk to Emma. We're going to cross over to Emma. We're going to do a live racing.nz update after Emma with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Yes, good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Thank you, Emma. It is 34 minutes past six here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Wow, this is usually Louis' spot, so I'm going to have a wee crack at it. This is time for our Love Racing.nz. Love Racing NZ update. Thoroughbred owners share the thrill of ownership with your mates. Enter at loveracing.nz slash share. The thrill for the chance to win a 10% share at a racehorse. T and C's apply. Wow, some sad, sad news. Some bad news coming out of Auckland with Bill Pumari. Last year's Group 1 Auckland Cup winner, Bill Ocean Billy, is facing a lengthy stint on the sidelines after suffering a tendon injury. Rotorua owner Bill Pumari, who had trained Ocean Billy in New Zealand before sending him to Sydney, said he received the call from trainer. Chris Waller telling him the bad news on Thursday. He trialled this week and ran third, Pumari said. James McDonald, J-Mac rode him and said he can't, came up underneath him nicely, but he did get cast in the box about 10 days ago. So whether that had something to do with it, I don't know. Ocean Billy is going to come home in a couple of weeks and just take a wee spell. Probably take him 10 months before pressure can go on the tendon again. I'll see how he comes up and then decide what we do with him. So that is sad, sad news for Ocean Billy, the great horse that rode, that raced in the Melbourne Cup last year, and uh, the great Bill Pumari, Rotorua owner. Great, great story there, Bill Pumari, but sad, sad news for Ocean Billy and uh, and Bill. So uh, we'll be watching that with interest, seeing how Ocean Billy pulls up over the next couple of months. Anyway, a bit more of an update. I've got a few tips. I've got a few little tips that I'm going to lead you into today. Today we have New Plymouth, Plymouth Raceway today. Not a bad field tomorrow racing. Probably more suited, if I'm honest, but I've had a wee look. I've had a wee look at the fields at MP, and I've found one. I found a couple, actually. I've found two. Savabil, Matakana, Brown, Philly. Race 7. Number 11. So we spoke about Probabil the other day. Obviously the great mare retiring today. Race 7, number 11. Invincible. Five starts for one win. Drops in class and more suited for this run. Koziasano rides. And it's trained by Jamie Richards. If it's soft up there, loves a wee soft track. It's got its only uh, win on the, on the soft. So if it's a soft track in New Plymouth, if anyone knows, give us a text on double eight double three. Um, there you go. Invincible. Invincible, Cozzy's on. And then another one to quickly 
in that day if you want to put it into a wee multi. Stephen Marsh came on the show a while back and he tipped us bloom. It races in the last in MP. Nabba, Michael McNabb is on it. Um, so jot that down, bloom. It's uh, had three starts for a three, uh, fourth, a third, and a third. And uh, I think it's um, it's due one. It's due one. That's me today. And then Saturday's tip. I've got one for Saturday over in Australia. Home Affairs with J-Max. going to beat Nature Strip. i got a feeling that it's going to beat Nature Strip. J-Max uh, already come out and said it's only a matter when, not if. It's only a matter when when Home Affairs finds its groove. And I think this weekend it's going to do well. Nature Strip and Opie Bossom on perfect pink and the Guineas on Saturday for another two-leg multi. Follow me in. Follow me in. Invincible into Bloom today at MP and then Home Affairs into the perfect pink on Saturday tomorrow. There you go. That is our ra- love racing update. What do you reckon, Rick? Don't nail it. <laughs> smashed it mate smashed it I reckon I reckon you're all over it I'm just writing these things down so once I get off air I can I can start punting again uh, on, on the horses because I know that I've uh, I've got the expert uh, inside view from the dagger <laughs> mate I, look I, I do love my racing I do love my horses I'm not as um, clued up as, as Louis who just lives and breathes it every single day and bears but I had a wee look for today. This is, you know, it's not it's not a really nice field. Um, you know, anything can win, as we saw the other day in Tauranga when we saw $20 shot wins. Yeah. But I just had a little look and did a bit of study, and, and those are my two. So, Invincible, into Bloom. Tomorrow, guaranteed, I, I reckon Home Affairs with J-Mac on. It's paying six fifty over in Australia. six fifty, And then Perfect Pink's paying $3 uh, in the Guineas on Saturday at Ellerslie. So, get on. It's, yeah, not a bad multi returning 18 bucks. Yeah, mate. Yeah, that's uh, that's all good. Actually, later on, uh, when we get Pip Morris on uh, for our TAB chat, we're going to do one of those uh, mega racing uh, multis, uh, multi-busters where, you know, you, me, you, Pip, or maybe Baz, Ooh. or maybe we'll get one off Craig Grills. Uh, we'll all put a tip in and, yeah. and, and we'll give it away. So uh, I don't know which one you're going to chuck in out of that lot, but I'm I'm, I'm fishing, uh. mate. I'm fishing. <laughs> you, you, are you going on the sport? Are you going on the sport one or are you going to... No, I think you it's a race. It has to be racing. So okay. um, I'm looking. Okay. I'm looking at the moment. Uh, I'll, we'll, we'll mm-hmm. wait till we hear from Craig Grills. But race five at New Plymouth today. Uh, he's on Winkle Bay uh, in race five, yeah. which is the Return to Earth Maiden, paying two seventy a dollar thirty. That looks that looks quite solid for the to, to jump on the win. So so Grillsy's after Pip. Are you going to make that call before, or, or are you going to? Oh, he is too. <laughs> you going to oh, wait? To... I'm, 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 I'm just going to have. He's going to leave me swinging, mate. He's going to leave me swinging. I'm just, I'm just going to. I'm going to run with that. I think I'm going to have to run with that. Follow your gut, bud. Follow your gut. Winkle Bay. Winkle Bay. I'll probably take Perfect Pink. I think Perfect Pink's. We spoke about the other day. Targets. It's targets. It's uh. He's, he's got the Derby coming up. Perfect Pink. She's got the Derby coming up. The Derby's in a couple of weeks' time, and today I think it's going to target and just build nicely for the Derby uh, with tomorrow's guinea. So I'm going the perfect pink, mate. Um, I think it'll be too hard to beat with Opie on, and uh, he's due one. He's definitely due one because Craig Grills has had, had the wool over him as of late. Anyway, that's enough of Love Racing update. Um, thanks to the TAB and thanks to the team. We're going to cross over. We're going to do a time for our quizzy dag, mate. Take on the quiz master. The is master, and you could win a $50 bonus bet with the TAB. Call now on 0800 150 811 to take me on. We'll be back shortly. Can you 
It's Quizzy Dag with Ashley and Martin. Regrow your hair. Search Ashley and Martin today. You know what time it is. It's Quizzy Dag. A quiz that keeps on giving like I skip a pass. Louis, Trudy, Kez and Joe not wants to brag. But good luck to our quizzies cause the ain't in the bag. Oh, 800-150-811 now. Give it a go. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNC. It's time for Quizzy Dag. Your chance to maybe... Maybe win $50 TAB bonus bet. Courtesy of the yeah, TAB. We love giving away a bit of money for the team. Yeah, yeah, good. All good. All good. We got uh, Quizzy Dag, and we got a tough one today. We got a tough one today, let's be honest. It's going to be pretty tough, so good luck to you all. We're going to go to Luke, who's in the beautiful Dunedin. Good morning, Luke. Morning. How are you, Izzy? Oh, I'm very good, mate. You feel look, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. You got to phone a friend today. You got to phone a friend today. You can ask me or you <laughs> can ask Rick to help you. Okay, so you get one. All right, we'll rip into right Lukey. Out. How many wickets did Matt Henry take in the first innings of the Black Cats Test v South Africa yesterday? Seven. Seven. That is correct. Well done. Question number two. The Wellington Phoenix A-League women's had their first match versus Adelaide United suspended due to what? Uh, five. Hailstorm? Weather? Oh, yeah. That is correct. Well done. Well done. Question number three. Happy birthday to Michael Jordan. What number did he wear when he came out of retirement to return to the NBA? Five, oh, four. I'll phone three. a friend on that one because I want to say twenty-three, but I'll phone a friend. <laughs> Who do you want? <laughs> I'll just go with you, Izzy. Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's I'll go with Ricardo. I'll go with Ricardo. <laughs> all right, you want Ricardo? <laughs> oh, okay. You, there you I'm, go, Ricardo. Oh, mate, I gotta give him a clue. Yeah, to be to be fair, uh, when when you said Izzy, you I was like, oh, oh, that's that's good. I'm glad he's gone with Izzy because I'm not sure I know the answer to this question. Um, uh, <laughs> here's a, here's a clue, mate. When did WW two wind up? Uh, World War two. Two three. Oh no. Oh. Sorry, brother. Sorry, Loki. Have a good day, bro. <laughs> That's yeah. a good one, Ricardo. <laughs> you have to go digging into the history books. <laughs> exactly. We're going to go to Charlie and Geraldine. <laughs> Charlie, good morning. Hey. Good morning, mate. How are you? Good, good, good. What number did Michael Jordan wear when he came out of retirement to return to the NBA? Well, I know what his first number was, but uh, having ended World War Two was 45. There you go, that is correct. <laughs> well done. Question number four. Who holds the record for the most appearances in Super Rugby history? Five, four, three, two, Doug Howlett. one. Doug Howlett is incorrect. Sorry, Charlie. You have a good day, bud. 
We're going to go to John in Christchurch. Foggy old Christchurch. Morning, John. Yeah, g'day. How are you, mate? Yeah, very well. Very, very well. Who, who holds the record, mate? Surely you'll get this. Um, Five. Uh, uh, Warren Crocker. Yes. <laughs> you nearly went Conrad Smith there. And I was thinking, I gave it away. I said, you'll get this. 200, John from Christchurch. Like <laughs> I mean, it's 201. I think. If I'm correct, I've played with him. I should know that. Anyway, question number five. <laughs> Italian footballing giants AC Milan share their home stadium, the San Siro, with which other club? Uh, Five, four, I'll just go three. What? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> that is correct, John. <laughs> what a guess! <laughs> how good? Yeah. How? What are, what are you going to spend it on, John? Oh, mate. Yeah, I like I like the perfect pink, mate, and I've also gone home affairs. You reckon home affairs can beat Nature Strip over an Aussie? Oh gee, it'll have to be good on the day, but uh, yeah, track yeah. could do. All good, all good. It's got J Mac on the back, mate, and we know what he can do. He's an absolute wizard. Yeah. Thanks very much, John. Have a good weekend, good mate. On you. Have a good weekend, team. Oh, nothing, nothing like a tip out of the Ismeister, is he? Just <laughs> tipping racing everywhere, left, right and centre. Hey, not happy with your hair loss, mate, today. Your winning point in search, Ashley and Martin online. Uh, up next, what are we doing up next? Uh, is he uh, is it Izzy's world? Is that what we're doing? How does this work nowadays? So, it's been a while. It, we might get a wee update. We might get a wee update from Kez. Uh, it was his birthday yesterday, so we might get a wee update to see. Just get a wee... See what he he got up to. He actually sent me a wee video. He got some beautiful ribs. He might have to sell some ribs on the show anyway. We'll we update from Keza when we come back. It was his birthday anyway. You listen to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Shop in store or online at Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Yes, that's right. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SNZ. We're just a few minutes away from Emma in the news, but before then, wow, great to hear Smithy joining the drive show, having a wee, having a wee chat to Kirsten Beef. Wow, he would have been well into his work at Turks on a Thursday. That is his day to head down there with with the boys and uh, dig into a couple of cold ones. Anyway, great work. You know, I've just found something. I've just found something. Today is Baz's day. Today is Baz's day. On this day in 2014, Baz McCallum, our skipper, became the first New Zealander to make 300 in a test innings. The special knock was a massive saving effort against India. On his way to 300, McCallum shared a partnership with BJ Watling for 122, but he got 300 on this day, what a special, special moment for our skip, Rick. How good? How good? How good? I t- uh, boys, uh, Joe, cares we, you know, that happy anniversary to you. I reckon we need to tee that track up for when uh, we, we, we get Baz on next hour. Uh, it's his anniversary. <laughs> it's his anniversary with himself, with his 300. Oh. Mate, that's huge. I wonder if he, 
wonder if he was celebrating last night. Definitely, mate. He would have smacked over a nice bottle of red for sure. That's how Baz skipped out at the pub. Well, I did, I did message Baz yesterday and said, hey, bro, uh, good that you're coming on tomorrow. Hey, can you give us? Can you have a horse tip lined up for us that we can chuck into our TAB, uh, you know, uh, racing mega multi-buster? And uh, yeah. never got a reply, so uh, we'll see. Oh, oh no! <laughs> so he didn't reply to you, all dolly. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> wait, wait, Rick. When he comes on, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna rip into him, mate. We're gonna rip into him. Yeah. Give him a bit of steak, mate. Yeah, you know the mm-hmm. funny thing is, I looked at because normally when we've been in the show together, whenever I message yeah. Baz, it's been on WhatsApp. But yesterday I messaged yeah. him just on a text message, and I looked back, yeah. Yeah. and the last time I texted him was August 2019 when I was still doing, I was doing the breakfast Ooh. show on the TAB and there's three messages from me asking him to come on and no reply. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, are you sure you got the right number? We'll, we'll make sure, eh? We'll make sure. <laughs> we'll get a wee update, mate. I'll give you his, I'll give you his real number. That oh, might be his. Oh little, yeah, his it's, little, it's, 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 it's ghosted me. He's yeah? he's given me yeah. the fake number. He is, but he is. Anyway, coming up shortly, we're going to chat to Baz. We'll get a wee inside. We'll get his real number for you. After the break, we're going to talk to Black Cats, to our skipper, Baz McCullum. Craving a McCafe about now. Here's Emma with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Shop in store or online at Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. Good morning, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It is Friday the 18th of Feb and we love a Friday here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Just after 7 o'clock and well, we've got a good hour coming up. I'm just getting a nice little coffee delivered from my beautiful family. Good morning kids, they're up and about. They're up and about, my beautiful wife's bringing me a coffee. Thank you to McCafe for their beautiful coffees. Love it. Anyway, we've got a good show coming up. We're going to talk some Silver Lakes. Hello, darling. We're going to talk Silver Lakes. They've signed, sealed, delivered. All parties have agreed to the deal with Silver Lakes uh, for a 5.71% stake of the commercial co. Uh, $200 million with the opportunity to invest $100 million later. Anyway, we're going to talk to Craig Calder. Oh, he is CEO of South Canterbury. Rugby Union, and well, we just want to talk to him about what this really means for the grassroots, because we've got to remember, this is where it all starts. The grassroots is the pathway for our next All Blacks, our next Black Ferns, our next seven superstars, or our club footy teams. Um, that's where it all begins, so looking forward to chatting to him about what this means for him going forward. And then after 8 o'clock, we're going to talk Super Rugby, because it starts this weekend. Chiefs versus the Landers, Hurricanes versus Comp favourites, Dom. Competition favourites, the Crusaders. TJ Pedernada is currently injured with a knee injury at home, Wellington, so he'll join us to share an update and talk Super Rugby. Uh, we're going to finish the show with our Waikato Stud Racing Preview. Going to chat with probably the form jockey in NZ as of late with Craig Grills racing today in MP and also the big meeting set at Ellerslie. Wow, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. Baz is ghosting his own show. Baz is ghosting his own show. Oh, my skip. I'm going to have to have a word to him right after this. Oh, we might have him. We might have him. Has he answered? Has he answered? Has he answered? Kiz? 
Mate, I don't know what's going on. Eh? I flicked him the text as well. Said, Morena, my brother, you're right for me to call. <coughs> Haven't got the blue ticks yet, oh. but I'm pretty sure I will. So oh, we'll work on it. It's we'll pretty on early. It. We'll chip away. It's we'll chip. pretty early. It no, is. He was up at 5 a.m. yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, it is pretty early. We'll give him benefit of the doubt. He's not yeah. up this early usually. He's not up at five past seven usually, uh, Ricardo. But Isn't he? Okay. Is it, are you usually okay. carrying the show through till now, is he, and then he just pops on later? Is that how it works? Uh, nah. <laughs> I can't, can't, can't pay out my skip. This is his day. This is his day. This is his day. He's going to have a day dedicated to him for the Black Kids for his 300. Well, maybe that's part of the reason he's not answering. Maybe he was getting a, you know, celebrate my eight, eighth anniversary of the 300 last night with a few of the commentary team. Mm-hmm. Who, yeah. I, was, I was thinking yeah. about that, actually. I was listening yesterday, watching, and, you know, Flem was on, obviously. Rebecca Rolls was part of it. Um, Rigger was was there as well. Uh, mm. And I was just like, I don't recall hearing Baz and Rigger on at the same time. Do you reckon uh, he, he goes mm. Rigger as well? Is he, is he, has he, has he rig, rigged uh. the schedule so he doesn't have to sit next to Rigger in the gum box? The thing with Baz, the, the thing with Baz, when you're the king of cricket in New Zealand, you can kind of pick when you want to do things and do things when you want, you know? Like, yeah. that's the one thing I've noticed. You, you never see Baz do a super smash. You never see him running, racing around New Zealand doing the provincial games. It's just the big, the big test matches, all the all the ODIs, you know, the yeah. big stuff. The, the big, big stuff, mate. mate. The big stuff. Oh, <laughs> mate. Hey, um, I gonna say, okay. I was I was gonna ask you this uh, about about last weekend, and your side mm. is going down to the Canes twenty seven twenty four in that last preseason game. Uh, how much do you take out of that? And, and like looking at it, what do you think the work-ons would have been this week for for the Saders going into the first game? Um, defense. I think defense uh, is a big part of it, and I think defensively they got exposed quite a few times, particularly on the edge and around the offload game, um, particularly out on the on the width. And th- and that's just the case of uh, defensively just being connected. Uh, being in sync and having to understand when one person goes forward, you can't be you know caught behind the the advantage. Well, you've got to come together. I think one guy was shooting out, the other guy was staying, and particularly that just left the wingers in no man's land. When you're a winger, you you need your insides to come up together, and then you can make that decision whether to tackle the uh, the the ball catcher or or to go for that intercept. Because the current um, defensive lines that teams are are using is as defenders are defending one in. <clears throat> So they're leaving the space on the on the width, and so there's always space here. And you saw when Julian scored his try when they made that last minute break uh, to get down the other end and, and win the game in, in the end. They were getting gains on on the edges. So um, just defensively, mate, they're just a lot of work just on their line speed coming up together and just bringing those connections. That's that's one thing that they need to work on. Twenty seven points is way too much, too many points if you want to win a competition. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, in camp this week, I mean, I know that it will have been, you know, that. That was a get out of free, uh, get out of jail free card. That one, like it doesn't matter. That, I don't know if that's what Razor will be saying to them, but it, it'll be it'll be like we can't do that again. Uh, I mean, in a few of the canes, mm. you're just going to cap cop a backlash this week, aren't you? Yeah, well, yes, yes, and, and like I said previously, like they just they did. There's a love hate there, and they always just grow another league and they find another gear when they face the Crusaders. So, uh, if you remember, I think it was last year uh, when when David Harvey kicked a winning drop goal in, in Wellington, like they. The, the, the different squads that had, like Crusaders, had firepower all over the show, and they still dug deep to, to take it to overtime. Um, 
But yeah, Crusader, like Razor, hates losing. Even preseason, he would have hated that. So it would have been a tough week. There would have been a lot of guys on edge. Um, and the thing with that team is if you don't take your opportunity, there is people waiting on the thing. You've got Seve Reese on the bench. You've got Lester Fayang and Naku. You've got, you know, outside backs that are just skilled. And if you don't take your opportunity, well, then you just be, you know, the next guy comes in and takes that opportunity. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see this weekend. I think the Chiefs, mate, <laughs> I know I've been giving Dom a bit of stick, but I think the Chiefs, they, they are heading in the right direction. They've got Brody Retallick coming back. Sammy Kane's going to be fighting fit. Um, they've got absolute experience coming back into the pack, um, which, which, which adds to it. And then you've got Tupo Vai. Um, Naitor, you know, like just real quality locks. Um, I Josh think they're going to be a real threat. Yeah. Josh Lord. Yeah, I reckon know. they've probably got more depth at lock than anyone else. Their, their second row looks. Yeah. <laughs> and then you look at the Canes, mate, Like, and I've I seen their team. I've seen their yeah. team, and I, I followed Ben May. I followed Ben May on, on Instagram, and I've seen him out hunting. And I've seen he's on the team list, mate. He's coming back <laughs> to play again. The man just comes out of retirement every single year. He's just just a, smashes it. An absolute freak. Oh, oh he's an absolute freak. Hey, you know how you talked about TJ and the um and the Canes hating the Crusaders? And you know, they're, they're, mm. I mean, I, I grew up in Auckland as an Auckland fan in the eighties, you know, sort of watching that great team. And that was the feeling from the rest of the country. They hated that Auckland team. But I mean, I know you're not mm. from Christchurch, you're a Hawks Bay boy, but you've been down there long enough now. What's that rivalry like yeah. with, with, with teams out of Auckland? Uh, it's still big. It's still big, and it's and it's bigger now with Leon McDonald. The Leon McDonald factor. He's coaching there. Um, Luke Romano's gone there, so it's always like when I was playing. Um, they were they struggled. They struggled. They beat us a couple of times with um, John Kerwin, J.K. at the helm. Uh, they beat us in Auckland once, but they they struggled. Um, so the rivalry kind of, I feel personally, kind of drifted. There was probably more rivalries with the Chiefs because mm. the Chiefs and the Crusaders. We lost two semi-finals to them by two points. Every single time we played them, it was so tight. They used to bully us. They used to get into, get, in, you know, get under our skins every single week. So I thought the rivalry with the Chiefs was was probably a lot bigger. Um, now with the resurgence of the Blues, um, they're making a resurgence, being a quality team, actually um, getting the wins on the board, winning convincingly, building an absolute uh, great squad. Uh, they've got great combinations. They've got great um, uh, game plan direction from above. Um, I think that 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 uh that camaraderie or that you know little what is it I'm rivalry now remember rivalry that little rivalry's come back um which which will be reignited again this year yeah, but but for you as a player when you were playing when you pulled on the red and black did 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 you get the the red mist when you knew you were playing the boys from the, the big smoke did it kick into you as well did you pick it up by osmosis with all the guys around you and from living in Christchurch oh mate yeah. I used to kick myself, eh? I used to kick myself when I was when I was sitting in the change room, even just in training. You know, I'll be sitting in training, I look around, and you know, these these guys that I, I absolutely idolise, and I'm, I'm sitting next to Richie, you know, DC, my first All Blacks camp. I fly up to Auckland, I'm room with Mills Mulaina, who I absolutely idolise, and I'm sitting there going, oh my god. And then he gets out his book, and I just pretend to get out my book and pretend to write stuff down, and you know, just to copy him, and and then I'm I'm going for a promo with. Uh, I'm leaving an Adidas promo and I jump in the car and Brad Thorne's in the front. And he, this is in 2010. And, and I was playing for Hollands at the time. He's like, hey, Daggy, 
Have you, have you signed the contract yet? Are you coming? Are you coming north to the Canterbury? Are you coming to Crusaders yet? And I was sitting there just absolutely shunting, going, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I'm coming, bro. I'm coming. Love to, love to play with you, Thorny." <laughs> just, oh yeah. So, um, mate, it was cool. It was cool, and and you kind of got a real understanding of of why the place was so special. Uh, when you when you're down there, we honestly we didn't have. When on the outside you think they'd have everything. You think they'd have everything. When I when I turned up, mate, they had nineteen ah, eighties gym equipment, just no facilities, everything was, was old. And I was thinking, Wow, I I expected more, but that's just what it is. You're a crusader, it doesn't mean what kind of gear you have, you don't have to have all the flash things. The only thing you need is hard work, work ethic and, and integrity and in and, and your performance and that's what they're about. So I've learnt a lot since being here, mate. It's been pretty special. Nice, man. No, I mean, it's a special, you know, the, the way that um, the Canterbury Rugby Union work with the Crusaders, you know, the, the MPC team and the, and, the, and the Super Rugby team work together, you know, in a way, uh, sort of just to breed those players and bring them through. We've seen generation, like, you know, a generation of players do that and go through and that, that's why they've continued to stay, stay so mm. strong. But, I mean, if you're, uh, you know, there's a few, be a few Crusaders fans there thinking... We've got at least three weeks without Richie Mwanga. And, you know, you look at Simon Hickey, mm. who's come down there, who's, you mm. know, a guy that Auckland maybe decided they didn't need. And then you've got Fergus Burke, yep. who may probably didn't set the NPC alight last year, playing for Canterbury. Mm. I mean, you know, is that is that the weak point for the Satyrs? And how do you think they're going to tackle that uh, this year? Or, oh. or, or could we see Harvili running at 10? What do you reckon? Um, well, that's, a, that's def- a genuine option. I remember 2020 when he played... 10 at, in Hamilton against the Chiefs, and he didn't look in, out of place at all. Like his skill sets, his catch bars, mate, you watch him. He is the silkiest player I've ever seen out there on the rugby field. When he's running around, just effortless. His pass, kicking game, kick both feet. He was stepping there well. Look, to be honest, when, when the Crusaders have struggled over the years, who's not playing? Richie Moonga. Yeah. Richie Moonga, he does so much for that team. He's always, That's why he's back-to-back Super Rugby Player of the Year because he is so influential out on that park. Um, he is a huge loss. But in saying that, from having a wee chat to the coaches around, I've been hugely impressed with Simon Hickey. Simon Hickey has come into the, to the, front, into the forefront and he's just hit the ground running. He's got a ton of experience. He's played Super Rugby. He played Super Rugby when I was playing. I'm not that old, but back in... You know, 2013 and 14, 15 days. You know, he's been around for a, a long time. He's gone overseas. He's plied his trade. He's come back. He is tough, mate. For a young, little, small guy, he is tough. He'll tackle his heart out. He'll make the right plays. Fergus Burke, yes, he had a quite, a quiet um, Canterbury Provincial season, but there's huge raps on him. And I've been, when I've been around the team and been involved, I've been pretty impressed with uh, with how he's gone. I think his connections with David Harvili, um, whoever's playing centre, I think it's Braden Enel. Um, you know, George Bridge, Bryn Hall, you know, having that real good experience around him, I think it'll do great for, for Fergus Burke this week and, and expect him to, to have a pretty solid performance. But, um, yeah, that, huge loss when you lose Richie Moonga. 
Yeah, yeah, massive loss. Uh, but you're right. I mean, that's a that's a good question. I mean, if you're a, if you're a young first five, is there a better sandwich to be in than Bryn Hall and and David Harvey? You know, uh, and then yeah. you know, and that that Crusaders backline because I mean, we could you know you, you look at it and you you think. That, that you go Bryn Hall and then you go as you said you know Fergus Burke and then David Harvey, Braden Enor and then you got Will Jordan at fullback, you know maybe Sevu Reese and George Bridge potentially on the wings. I mean that's mm. that's pretty star studded. That's pretty star studded. Yeah, it? it is. It's hard it to is, beat. It is, and that's what I mean. There's just so much competition in that side. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see how Pablo Matera goes. Uh, he's playing six for for the Crusaders. He is the big import from Argentina. Um, he's been awesome, and one of his biggest strengths is the breakdown era, his ability to jackal and turn the ball over um, and create counter-attacking opportunities for the Crusaders, which is their strength, let's be honest. They love turning defence into attack. Um, yeah, really looking forward to watching him play and uh, seeing how he goes in the Super Rugby. I know he was very good for the Jahagawadis back in the day, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes. But anyway, we're, we're going to try and get Baz back because... We'd love to talk some black caps. We'd love to talk some black caps. Talk about Matt Henry. Matt Henry coming in and taking seven wickets for 23 runs. An unreal performance from Matt Henry. A guy that has been, had limited opportunities. A guy that has been probably carrying the water bottles more than any other person. Could have dropped his lip. Could have said, nah, I'm off. I'm out of here. I'm going to go make some money. But he's dug deep. He's stayed true to who he is. He's done the work for Canterbury, and he's been given an opportunity, and, well, has he taken it all? What, seven for 23, third all-time. It has been a season for bowlers. Let's be honest, AJS Patel started it. Richard Hadley, the great, and then Matt Henry. What a list. What a list to be a part of. So hopefully, Rick, we can get Bears on. He, he's even <laughs> screening me, mate. I'm starting to question, I'm starting to question is he, has he changed his number? <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, oh, it's good. To, oh, it was the best thing you know about watching Matt Henry yesterday was just to just to see how obviously how much he obviously played uh, paid attention to uh, what you showed during the Black Clash. Uh, is he you know with the, the running uh, and the way you got that you know your front shoulder forward? I, I, I think he, he's obviously picked up a lot from you. Oh mate, oh, I can't I can't take anything. I actually seen him. I actually seen him. I, I seen him when he was getting married last year in Queenstown. I played uh, seven holes with him and Tom Latham, and he's a good golfer, mate. He's a really good golfer. He's a good man, and I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm pumped for him because, like I said, just someone that's been just grinding away. He's had limited opportunities. He had played two tests before that, only taking one wicket, and uh, Dooley uh, ripped him out yesterday, and I think he was listening because he went out there with a bit of grunt and mungle, and he went out there and <laughs> destroyed South Africa. So it was, it was a fantastic performance. We'd love to hear Bears' thoughts. Um, we're just struggling to get a hold of Skip, which is unbelievable. I'm going to say it, unbelievable, because this is his, sh- this is his show. Uh, but anyway, we'll give him a bit of stick later on. We're going to come back and talk a bit of Silver Lakes, Ricardo, because Silver Lakes has been signed, sealed, delivered. The details behind it, we're going to rip into it very shortly before we talk to Craig Calder, who is the CEO of South Canterbury Rugby. We'll be back shortly to talk some Silver Lakes. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ.
Yeah, it's 7.25 here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast, Ricardo, and for Baz. You can call us anytime on the Kennards Hire phone line 0800 150 811. Maybe you want to uh, uh, compare tips uh, with uh, the dagger, Israel Dag, uh, when it comes to our Smith City Super Rugby tipping comp. Uh, but before we get on to that, Izzy, uh, the Silver Lake deal. It's $200 million mm. and then maybe another mm. $100 million down the track. What held it up last time uh, that they've already gone away and rejigged it was the Players Association weren't, uh, weren't having mm. a bar. What was the reason the Players Association went into it and, and why do you think it'll go this time? Um, I think they've made change. They've definitely made changes. I think the like the question was this: like you listened to Rob Nicker when he spoke to Ian Smith yesterday, uh, a stake in the ground. This is a, a statement that's going to go on and and for generations, and this is a history making uh, part of history. You know, it's going to be around for a very long time. And this, my only question was before it, uh, and I had question marks: is is the jersey? You know, the jersey, mm. the the mana that it holds, the respect that it holds. Being a past player, like, am I comfortable with this? And at the start, I was thinking, are we selling this? Are we selling ourselves too cheap here? Or, or are we doing uh, the the jersey that has had so much history involved? You've got guys, George Nepia, that hundreds of years ago that played in the jersey. You've got Pine Tree, the great Pine Tree. Lots and lots of past players that have forged uh, for, for the next generations. Um, you know, what would they be thinking about this? So that's what I kind of had to think about. Um, and I think that's the question marks that, that a lot of the players said. I don't think it was about the money. I don't think it was about the money. It was more about the history. And if we do this, are we selling ourselves out for to devalue the, the jersey? That's the only question marks I had. And I think that's what the players uh, had. And that's why it was tough to get over the ball. But they've, got, they've come to a decision. And I know we're going to talk to Craig Calder about what it means for the provincial unions. And then I think post that, we'll go through some stats and some little bits of information about the um, Silver Lake deal because there's some real good underlying factors and probably information that probably people don't understand. I'd love to share that with you from an email from uh, CEO Mark Robinson. Yeah, no, that'll be that'll be good, man. Because I, I mean, I look at it on the on the uh, on the surface of things, and it feels like they got a, that Silver Lake's got a real good deal. Uh, you know, maybe it's because of mm. the timing, particularly if they, you know, if everyone knew what was going on with the CVC deal with the Six Nations, maybe it was a bit of desperation mm. from New Zealand rugby, and they they felt like they had to sign it. But when you know you got uh, Silver Lake's worth eighty eight billion dollars, you know they probably had two hundred million <laughs> down the back of the couch in the in, the, in reception. You know what I mean? Uh, did did we get the best money we could have? Ah, <laughs> uh, look, the valuation, the valuation for the uh, New Zealand Rugby Union has gone up 10% uh, because of the previous broadcasting deal uh, that they've just signed. So they've gone from, they've, they're actually valued at the All Blacks and New Zealand Rugby are valued at $3.5 billion, which is a lot of money, huge money for, for a small nation down under um, doing big things. That's, that's close to valuations with Manchester United the Los Angeles Lakers, you know, the biggest franchise going around in the world. So it really showcases the power that New Zealand rugby has. Um, my only question, like when I when the, when the first came to light, uh, Ricardo, I was like, man, this is going to be amazing. Like the world, we're going to be on the world stage. We're going to be in front of so many uh, big audiences. We're going to be playing in America. Uh, we're going to be, you know, just the exposure that the All Blacks brand gets is going to be huge. But then I had to dig deeper, like I said, as a past player. What would Pine Tree think? Are we selling now? Are we devaluing the jersey, the brand? I guess I was riding a big wave of uncertainty, like everyone out there. Mm-hmm. Like we have so much uncertainty. What, what, what is this? What is the Silver Lakes? What does it mean? 
now the details have emerged, New Zealand Rugby has made the decision to go ahead with Silver Lakes. Now we're going to get a bit more. And I think the only question I have now it's been signed is money and grassroots back in the communities, not just thrown to them and given to them so they can spend it on willy-nilly. We actually need to, to educate. We actually need to uh, fund the next generation, well, however that's done, like, um, you know, fund these coaches, fund these referees to be actually help them fulfil their potential or fulfil their needs to become coaches, become referees, because it is hard. These, to be a full-time ref and a full-time coach, it takes so much time, and, and they can't be doing everything at once. So if we're putting the money into the right places and the right situations, then I'm all for it. Um, but I just think we can't just go throw uh, South Canary a million dollars and say, here you go. Good luck. See you in a couple of years when you come back. You know, like it has, has to be funded and managed really, really well. That was my only question marks, man. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we'll get into we'll that. We'll into it. Yeah, we'll get into that in a bit. Hey, um, Smith City Super Rugby Tipping's here. Register now at tipping.senzradio.nz for your chance to win weekly prizes and a massive Samsung 65-inch TV for the season's top tipper, Smith City. Stoked to support Super Rugby Aotearoa. Uh, Izzy, you want a 65-inch Samsung? I know you do. Uh, So your opening weekend tips. Uh, Tars Drua, which way are you going? I've gone Tars. Tars by 17. And then I've gone the Chiefs. They're going to get over the Landers. I've gone the uh, Crusaders. Oh, I never said the Hurricanes. I've gone the Crusaders. Controversy. <laughs> I've gone the Crusaders. And then I've gone the Brumbies over the force on Sunday. So there you go. It's uh, jam-packed, mate. What about you? Uh, I've, I, I, like, I, I like the Drua for an upset. I like the draw for an upset, uh, but I think yeah, I think uh, the Chiefs just look a bit too strong. I think the Saders uh, yeah. there'll be backlash from last week, uh, and I think you go the Reds and the Brumbies. Those look pretty easy to pick to me. So that's where I'm going. Um, okay. But uh, you get your okay. thoughts in too. Text double eight double three double eight double three with uh, what you're picking. Here's Emma with news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Hey, thanks, Emma. This is SENZ. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Ricardo in for Baz at the moment. And time for our Choices Flooring Poll. So, Izzy, this is our Choices Flooring Poll, brother. Um, oh, yes. I'm keen to what keen, do you got, brother? Keen, keen to get your thoughts on this. Uh, I've said which mm. super rugby team is most likely to start their season with a win. Your choices are the Highlanders, the Drua, the Canes, <laughs> or the Force. Highlanders. Highlanders. As he's going Highlanders. <laughs> well, I'm an ex-Highlander, mate. I'm a I'm an old boy Highlanders. I'll go I'll go Crusaders Highlanders. So Highlanders for me. Yeah. Um, I, I, actually, like I, I've said, the Chiefs and Don's a Chiefs fan. I've said that they're, they're very good, but I, honestly, the Highlanders. Everyone underestimates them every year. I think they'll actually be pretty good and and push the Chiefs this weekend. So Highlanders for me, mate. Highlanders. Oh, Shannon Frizzell's going to make a big difference, I think, having him back eh? on deck. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. There you go. That is our, our Choices Flooring poll today. You can check that out uh, at Baz and Izzy on Twitter. Uh, go and hit us there and tell us what you think. Uh, who is it going to be? Highlanders, Drua, Hurricanes Force. Which team is most likely to get the W this weekend uh, when Super Rugby kicks mm. off? 
Yeah. Mm. Okay, we've got a few texts coming through. Nice little choices, flooring pole there. Ricardo, thank you very much. Got a text. I know you texted before, and you said Winkle Bay is scratched. Well, Kevin's come on, and he's given you a wee tip for today. Good morning, Izzy and Rick. New Plymouth today. Miss Ella wins. Miss and you can Ella. ask Grillsy if Mr. Reliable is ready to win today. Tart, that is from Kevin in Titarangi, uh, Auckland. There you go. So Miss Ella, you might have to follow that one. Have a wee look see Miss Ella and then that can be your tip for today's little showdown, eh? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Thanks for the tip, Kev. Thanks for the tip. Awesome. And we've got a couple more texts coming through as well. As long as the grassroots next generation and the provinces, more so the heartland, get a piece of the pie, I'm happy with it. That is regarding the Silver Lake Steel. Totally agree, Brad. Totally agree. As long as uh, the grassroots, that's where it all begins. East Coast, you know, uh, providing or... Or, or generating the next uh, Māori All Black for our great Māori All Blacks team, somewhere like that, putting the money into the grassroots for for you know for them to be able to fulfil uh, their needs to to help the next generation get to what they get to where they want to be. Um, so yeah, hopefully those come that that's right. And then another text from a while back talking about the South African uh, situation going to the Six Nation. If South Africa do go and play up north. Could it have the benefit to the Pacific Island teams being looked at to play the All Blacks and Australia more? As long as they get their players back from Europe, teams, surely Tonga, Fiji, Samoa would get value from playing the All Blacks in Australia more regularly. That is from Craig. That is a great question, Craig. And that's not a bad um, situation that we find. If, we, if, if Tonga and Fiji and Samoa are able to get their players to be able to play for them, which is a tough ask, mate, if I'm completely honest. Like the club's... In Europe and the UK, they have so much power. Um, they actually hold their players to ransom, and it's pretty hard. I know they, they have to release them to the Six Nations, uh, and even that's pretty tough for these players. They go out, play Six Nations, play a test match, they'll ram straight back into club footy in the next, in the next week. So it is a tough ask, but if the clubs can come to an agreement to help um, Tonga, Fiji, and Samoa release their top players, mate, that would be fantastic, and I can see that happen. We saw how good Fiji were last year when they played the All Blacks in June. Man, they pushed them right to the brink uh, for, for 50 minutes or 60 minutes in Dunedin particularly, a uh, couple of rolling more tries and put them under a hell of a lot of pressure. If they had their full squad, they could have done uh, a bit more damage. So uh, that could be a situation that New Zealand Rugby and Pacific Islands find themselves. So thank you so much for that text. Craig, yeah, awesome, ja- I, thought, awesome. I, I don't think Jason Ryan got enough credit for that, eh? I mean, I know it was the players mm, on the field, but know, he was mate. that forwards coach, and that was where they really stood out, was somewhere that we hadn't really seen them stand out before that tight five mm. just muscling up. Yeah, mate, yeah, that, and that's the heart. That's the heart of the of every team is, is the forward pack, and if teams, like you see what the Crusaders, they haven't had a, this is a, I always go on about the Crusaders, but they haven't had a rolling more scored against them for four years. Because Jace Ryan, and that's how much pride they have on their line, you know. And uh, they put so much respect into it. They put so much work into it. And if some team scores you through the heart, then that's a big dent to their, their egos or, the, or you know, their, their mana. That's who they are. That's where they. That's what defines them, right in the set piece, right in that rolling more. So uh, their credit to Jason Ryan and Fiji, I think it'd be great if they are added to super uh, to the international frame with Australia and the All Blacks. Anyway, we're going to talk a bit more Silver Lake Steel coming up. We're going to talk to Craig Calder, who is the CEO of uh, South Canterbury Rugby. That was uh, the Choices Flooring Room View program takes the guesswork out of choosing flooring. Upload your favourite floor today. That was 
Ricardo's Choices Flooring Poll. Thank you very much, brother. We'll be back shortly on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Yes, good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It is Friday, the 18th of Feb. And well, we've been talking everything sport. There's lots going on. Racing, rugby, big news out of the rugby. And I've got a quick test, uh, text message that just come through. And he's totally right. When I put on my footy boots, it changed my life. I played every year from 5 through to 29. It's not just the All Blacks that they sign him for. It's us dirt trackers as well. And for our kids to have that same experience. And I totally agree. Leave your name to that text. It's a great text message. You are totally right. Club footy. It is so good when I go down to club on Saturday and I see you know, all shapes and sizes, all ages, running around, having fun, experiencing that Saturday thrill when you run around on the rugby field playing for your mates for the great clubs like the Napier Pirates down there in Hawke's Bay, my great club there in, <coughs> in Hawke's Bay. That's what it's all about, and you're totally right. The money should be filtered down not only to the unions, to the grassroots, but throughout all the clubs in those unions. Um, and we're going to have a little catch-up right now with Craig Calder. He is the South Canterbury CEO and get a bit of an understanding of how he's feel, how he feels after yesterday's announcements. New Zealand Rugby announced yesterday that they finally struck a deal with the private equity firm Silver Lake following an extensive negotiation period that has galvanised many. It's a partnership that will shape the future of rugby in Aotearoa for years to come. The hope is that it will provide well-needed support, not only at the professional level, level, but for grassroots game as well. Craig Calder is the CEO of South Canterbury Rugby and he joins us now to give a local perspective on the deal. Morning, Craig. Good morning, Izzy, and what a great text that was because I've had 50 years in the game and all my friends, my whole life has been rugby. Um, never, never succeeded, but uh, you get a lot out of it. Now, this, this deal announced yesterday... There's still got there's mm. still a lot of water under the bridge yet with the whole thing, but it's yep. going in the right direction. It really is. Mm. And, and if you, you look at Craig, the, if, you, if you dig into that no, detail, uh, yeah, if you dig into the detail, you know, like 37 million uh, is coming straight into uh, to rugby. You know, right from day one mm. from Silver Lake money. Uh, that's about a million each to the NPC unions. Dribble down to Heartland, we get about five hundred thousand each. But uh, what everyone's missed is the seven point five million going to clubs directly, uh, which is mm. going to be controlled, mm. obviously, by us um, and yeah. by the provincial unions. And that's an exciting part of it. So we're pretty excited with the deal. I think New Zealand Rugby's done a great job. It's been a great negotiation. Um, the mm. Players Association have got what they wanted. Um, whether that relates to grassroots rugby, that's where I question it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I have some concerns all... around that. And some of the bigger unions, maybe, you know, the, that, they've still got a lot of work to do. It doesn't really affect yep. uh, us Heartland unions. But at, at the end of the day, um, you know, uh, what are we going to do? 500,000, we'll put it into our reserves and be very, very careful about it. As long as. Mm. Uh, New Zealand rugby doesn't tie us up with governance and <laughs> justifying how we're spending the money and all those sort of things. Mm. We can we can make it work in the, uh, into the clubs, but then I look at our I look at our uh, our area and I go here's the Waimati Club and the Geraldine Clubs and the Fairley mm. Clubs and, and you know they've got a lot of pressure on them. They need you know, the, 
the Geraldine Club for Aidman's sake needs new toilets and needs changing sheds because yeah. of girls and things like that. So where's that money coming mm. from? And it won't come from here and it won't come from this yeah. pot. So, but it, it's a great starting point and it had to happen. Yeah, I'll tell you. Hey, Craig, I mean, it's interesting you say that and you talk about, um, you know, the money going into your reserves because I, I, I was thinking that this cash would be about infrastructure for you guys rather than, say, balls and cones for, for you know, for, for argument's sake. Um, so when you say it sits in the reserves, what is it doing? I mean, are you guys investing it and, and, you, and, and, and using the money you make from that uh, down the track or, or, or where do you see that, that money sitting and being used? Yeah. You're probably talking to the wrong union because at the moment we've got a $7.5 million project going on for Fraser Park so, um, and we'll be using part of our reserves, mm. not the Silver Lake reserves, into the redevelopment of that. There are some unions that are broke and have got no reserves mm. so they need that to fall back on, on these COVID times. Um, but I, I, I'm sure, you know, you, you take the bullying union, get 500000 for them, you know, that's... Uh, that's a lot of money when they've got 500 players. That's a thousand each, you know. So, uh, mm. or more, isn't it? So it, it, it's it's a windfall in the area, long as the unions uh, spend it correctly, and that's going to be the key. Don't just sit on it. Yeah. And, but we need we need the reserves just to protect us, particularly in these uncertain times. Um, mm. but, but we're excited with it. Yeah. Do you do you think that it's been divvied up the right way? I mean, I just picked up there what you said about Buller, for example, five hundred players, but they get the same amount as as South Canterbury gets, and I'm not sure how many players you've got, but I know it's a, a lot more than five hundred. Do you think it should have been three thousand? Yeah. So do you think it should have been sort of di- uh, doled out more on where the playing numbers were rather than just giving each union the same thing? Yeah. If you did that, you'd have to do that right across 26 unions. And um, mm. we agreed to this in principle, you know, last year that we didn't mind it being uh, split this way. It's great for Buller, you know, and it's mm. great for the East Coast mm. Ngāti Paroa. So it, it really is. Mm. Um, but, but, but I go back to there's a whole lot more could be done, particularly in the players' space. And I'm sorry, Izzy. <laughs> And the players' connection with, with no, the no, clubs, well, and I heard, yeah, I, you know, like I heard uh, uh, Rob say yesterday that, oh no, we understand the club situation, and we're all come from clubs, we've all touched clubs. Mm. Well, I'm sorry, that 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 is not right, you know. Has mm. has he seen a club in the club in a situation where they've got leaky roofs, no toilets, they can't mm. afford to fix any of the infrastructure? Uh, we've we got a game that's going backwards as players and plan numbers, uh, particularly in teenagers, like any other sports. So we, we need yeah. the invest. The clubs need the investment. And how is that going to trickle down? Um, that's that's where I get quite frustrated with it. And um, also, you, you just got to think about um, if, if, for argument's sake, uh, the Crusaders in our regions. Instead of going and yeah. helping the city missions and the whole, all of these people, why don't they go and help the clubs? And I'm not talking about mm. um, coming in and throwing a ball around and things like that. I'm talking about let's put your names, the Crusaders' names, the Richie Mawangas' names to projects for clubs. Yeah, they mm. don't have to do anything. All they've got to do is give us the ability to use their name to market it that we're doing a fundraiser or even turn up and, and mm. front these projects. But that doesn't happen. It comes in... You guys have got, the professional guys have got two and a half hours or whatever it is per week they can use 
uh, and that normally goes to commercial activities. But we, the clubs need you. The clubs need yeah. professional <clears throat> players to help them. Yeah, Craig, I mean, it's, it's no, a I love good, your passion. good point you make. Yeah, yeah, go as. Yeah. No, no, yeah. I love your passion, and I know where you're coming from, mate. And I think the way around that, mate, is just go directly to the player because if the player has a connection to a club, they will 100%, myself, I'm speaking for myself, go the extra mile to do that for the clubs. Um, I know you're very passionate. We're going to have to let you go, Craig Calder. We're going to shoot off <laughs> very, very shortly. I know it's great news. Uh, for, for South Canterbury and all the grassroots clubs around the, around the country. I think it's going to do great things. If it's managed well, it'll be great for the unions and the clubs. So I uh, appreciate your time, Craig. Passionate as always. Thank you very much. Good one. Let's celebrate. Yes, there he is. Celebrate. Craig Cowder, he's up. But he's, he's got some questions, which is what we want. That's why we're here on Bears and Izzy for breakfast. We want a debate. We'll be back shortly. You'll listen to Bears and Izzy for breakfast. Z at a couple of minutes away from eight o'clock. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Ricardo in for Baz. Uh, Izzy, uh, Baz has been ghosting everyone. Mm. I know you've been messaging him, mate. <laughs> have you got two ticks blue yet, or what's going on? Oh no, no, I've got, I've got to, got to reply back, brother. I've got to reply oh, yes. back. Oh, right. oh good. <laughs> From my scope. So he apologised. He was at F forty-five. So he's been training. He's been up. He's up nice and early. I knew my skip would be up. He's been up, he's been training, he's been working off the cold ones, and uh, he apologised, he thought it was 7.40, but that's okay. Um, he's he's a busy man, we'll get a wee update from him throughout the morning, we'll try and get him in the next hour, but probably not, he's busy, he's got to go, he's got to go, but anyway, we'll uh, come back shortly with TJ Pitanava after the break, it was great to chat to Craig Calder, from CEO of South Canterbury Rugby, and there's been some passionate text messages come through about how the money should be used, if it was me... I'll chuck it in an investment, mate, and mm. build some funds from it. Grow, grow the money. Turn that 500000 into a million dollars, however they do that, that's up to the clubs. But that's what I'll be doing. Build for the future and not just spend it. Shazies. So anyway, we'll be coming back shortly. Shazies, how good. <laughs> We're off to track down some at Cafe Coffees now. And here's Emma with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Shop in-store or online at Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Yes, good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It is Friday the 18th of Feb and it's just after 8 o'clock here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Very, very passionate conversation with Craig Calder. He is the CEO of South Canterbury Rugby. He still had question marks regarding Rob Nickel and the Players Association. We've had a few texts coming through as well. And there's one here. Obviously, unions will filter through the two clubs. We have strong juniors at Partia, but facilities are lacking. Change rooms run down, and you're better off going home for a shower afterwards. Will smaller clubs fizzle out and future players move to more financial clubs? That is from an unknown texter. Um, great question. <laughs> I think, yeah, like this money is good. This money is great. It's going to make a difference. But I, I honestly don't think it's going to make a huge difference. Like they can't support every single club. There's going to have to be certain situations, certain um, reasons why they're going to uh, filter this money into clubs. I'd love to see every single club because, like I said, that is grassroots. And not only to, to build the next All Blacks or the next uh, Blackfern Silver Sevens players, but it's, it's just... 
rugby. It's a great game. Everyone loves playing it. Playing it, running around on a Saturday afternoon with your mates, cruising into the club to have a hot dog, have a sausage, you know, sausage between the nice white bread. Or have a little, uh, you know, big bot with your mates after a big Saturday. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all goes and unfolds. And if the clubs can get some, um, you know, satisfaction or get some benefits from what's happened with the Silver Lakes uh, deal. But coming up on the show, we're going to talk uh, to Craig Grills. He is probably the premier jockey as of late. He's been riding great. Uh, Coventina Bay in the Hoobie Dykes, great win there. He's actually got a couple today in New Plymouth. And then on Saturday, Saturday at Ellerslie. So looking forward to chatting to Craig Grills for our Waikato Stud Racing Preview. We've spoken about the cricket a wee bit. Baz, he was away, sorry. We apologise for that. But he'll come back uh, Monday and give us a little breakdown of the Test match. If it's still going by Monday, if Matt Henry hasn't trounced them again, hopefully he has a nice, sweet, short Test match for the for the Black Caps. We spoke about the Silver Lakes. And right now we're going to talk about the up-and-coming Super Rugby competition because it kicks off this weekend in Queenstown. Super Rugby action kicks off tonight in Queenstown and Moana Pacific play the main game against the Blues to mark a new era of competition. All the games this weekend will be staged down south with the start of this season being mirrored by another COVID outbreak. However, there's plenty of quality rugby on offer, including the showdown between the Canes and the Crusaders. The Canes will be missing. Oh, I don't know if they'll be missing this guy, actually. I think they're all right. <laughs> yeah, I, think they're, I think they're pretty good. I think they're pretty good in the halfback role. Who's been kind enough to speak to us this morning. And his name is TJ Perenara, my useless golfing mate. He's on the line now. Good morning, TJ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm my brother. How are you, boy? All good? I'm good. Great. Right, how are you? Teleprompter there or something, bro. Nah. Playing, boy. I know, bro. COVID. That's why I said. Whoever wrote that intro, silly. They're not even playing, mate. COVID. They're all in lockdown, silly buggers. Anyway, how are you? Nah, good, bro. I've just put a five iron to about three and a half feet, going off the tee, so all good. <laughs> <laughs> Are you actually playing golf? Life could be genuine, bro. Genuine. How's the knee? Yeah, it's it's all good. It's all good. It's um yeah. very very well. I'm still in a brace because they wanted to stay at um 50 degrees just so the MTL can heal. But bro, I'm doing a bunch of stuff on it at the moment. I'm doing running mechanics. I have to walk heat throw. I have to do like 15k a day. I'm doing plyometrics, lower body weights, and that on it. So it feels mean, bro. So there's nothing, eh? There's nothing. Just wanted a holiday at home with the family. Fair enough. Fair enough, my mate. Fully paid holiday. Probably getting... Yeah, probably getting paid in cryptocurrency. That's the way you roll. Um, anyway, mate, just talk about the game. I spoke off here. I spoke off here about the, the Crusaders v. the Canes. Every single year, um, you guys, the, the Hurricanes, come to those get matches. Passionate. So much. Eight. Uh, for for the Crusaders, <laughs> you just find another leaf of life, mate. What what is it about the Hurricanes when they play the play the Crusaders? What what goes on during the week to to build up for that game? Because honestly, mate, every single time you either win or it's a close close match, one or two points. Um, I think, bro, like the Crusaders themselves, they've obviously achieved a bunch. You you're a part of uh, not a successful Crusaders team, so we understand. Uh, what's coming, bro? Like, these are a bunch of good players. They got a, a really good game plan, good coaching stuff, and that. So for us to um, put our best foot forward, we know it's going to be a big week. We we know we got to go out there and play uh, at a high level. And 
I think that's the respect that we show for the Crusaders. Yeah, there's a lot of banter um, between players and stuff like that, and uh, there's a lot of history there. But in the end, bro, I think it is a, a respect thing, eh? Like, we we understand how good that they can be, so we have to be on our game if we want to win football games. Hey, TJ Ricardo here, mate. Um, you you normally, as a halfback, you're pretty nimble on your feet, so how did you end up letting a fat man land on you in training and break your knee? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't actually. It was one of our smaller, um, faster dudes. So we two hand touch drill, bro. Someone got hit a little bit harder than we expected, and he just stumbled like through my knee pretty much. I was looking the other way, and I ended up buckling over it, which was unfortunate. But like, it was an accident, bro. Um, stuff like that happens, and usually it happens when um, you're not going as hard as you want to go. Like, a, if it's a full contact drill, everyone's a little bit more switched on, and you're a little bit more prepared for it, you know. Uh, do you reckon? Uh, yeah, the, do you reckon the boys might have poked the bear a bit, mate? Uh, is it is it wise to, to to knock the Crusaders over in a trial game a week before we have to play them for real? Um, uh, tri- trial games don't mean too much to be completely honest. Like everyone wants to go out there and win and play their best game. Um, but speaking with their boys afterwards, they understand the dynamics of it. People are trying to get game plans working. People are trying to get um, like I guess combinations used to each other. So yeah, we were still getting. Um, a win in the end, but bro, you don't win championships in pre-season, and they understand that just as much as we do. Oh, I was just going to say, those knees will probably be a little bit wobbly from when I was playing, and we used to do those <laughs> little five-metre drills, eh? <laughs> Sorry about that, mate. Bro, these, knees um... are, these knees are fine, bro. These knees are fine. For most people, bro, this is a nine- to 12-month injury, bro. I'm going to have two and a half minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's you. If there's anyone that's a hundred, that's uh, my mate TJ Pedernata. Right, let's talk about the, the boys down in Queenstown. How are they um, finding being in the bubble down in Queenstown and, and they enjoying it? And particularly, I want to talk about t- um, Julian, mate. Tell us how driven is Julian right now. Like He is so motivated to, to be the best Julian Savia. We've probably seen for a long time, mate. Tell us about that. Yeah, he's on some sort of wave at the moment, eh, bro? Even, like, I wasn't here last year, mm. but he was back in the environment and hearing um, about how he was um, last year and then being able to see it this year. But he's he's always been really, really good and really talented in what he's done in that and hasn't probably had mm. to apply himself um, as much as um, as much as other people to, to be the best in the world because he was just so good. And now he's got all of his abilities, all of his skills, plus this, like, drive and this... I guess in a wide to be like fuck. I've only got five years, five more years of this game or whatever he's got left in it. I'm going to be the best in the world every single day with it, like, and not leave any stone unturned. And to see that from him and for our younger boys, to see someone who's achieved so much turning up every day and trying to be the best in the world at um, prehab, at rehab, at stretching, at mm. um, his eating, at everything like that, it just sets such a, a standard for everyone else, you know. Mm. Yeah, mate, I've been, I've been motivated myself, eh, watching him drive and, and, and training, <laughs> cool, the effort he's putting in behind the scenes, I'm like, oh, wow, he's kind of going to try and make me get my bloody boots on and get back out there, but nah, I'll just, my knees are no Oh, but, I don't know, um, Fatella, I saw foot, fell off a motorbike, hey, quickly, quickly before we let you go, mate, I know you're really... I want to talk to you about something because um, people probably don't know that, that TJ Pedernata is probably the most business savvy 
uh, player going around. He's always dipping his fingers into something, and something you're pretty passionate about, and you've been doing for a, for a while now, is cryptocurrency and, and NFTs particularly, mate. Can you tell us about the, the crypto world and, and why you got involved in the crypto world and, and talk to us about the importance of uh, preparing for life after footy? Yeah, bro, I've, um, I've sort of been into it for maybe the last 18 months or so, maybe a little bit longer. Um, and my initial, I guess, introduction to it, I watch a lot of Gary Vee. So Gary Vee's a business dude that I look up to and I follow a bunch of his stuff. Um, and he was the one who sort of opened my eyes up to that space. And I think the importance of it, like, if we talk about sort of our parents or our grandparents 20, 30 years ago, thinking they could ring someone like this, bro, and talk to their mate on the phone 40 years mm. ago, or even like have FaceTime or whatever, they would have laughed at the concept of it. Yeah. And the world's not getting less digital, in my opinion, bro. It's only getting more digital, and this space allows mm. for um, that creative creativity to happen. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's why I'm massive on it. I see the world getting more digital, and I want to be a part of that movement. And for preparing your life after footy, it's, bro, I see too many people go through any sport, really, um, have an awesome career in that and then get to the back end of it and they're forced to do stuff they don't want to do. We're really privileged in our country, especially mm. with footy. That if you get it right, bro, you can end up talking on the radio at 7.30 in the morning uh, um, uh, with your mate, bro, and you're earning, what, what is it? 700, 800 a year, bro, is that what you're doing? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, you right, that's your contract. <laughs> If you do set yourself up well, bro, you end up being able to do stuff that you want to do instead of um, stuff that, I don't know, that, that you're forced to do. So um, we're, we're really privileged. I don't think, to be honest, bro, and you've probably got a, a similar opinion, but I don't think we have maybe enough advice while we're in the environment to, um, to do that. It's no. a lot of player-to-player advice at the moment where I think mm-hmm. there needs to be a lot more financial literacy um, put through a lot of our younger boys because... But when I came into the game, I had zero financial literacy, made a lot of um, poor mistakes um, with money and had to learn those lessons mm. um, from the other boys or from my own mistakes, you know? Hey, uh, TJ, um, on, on, you know, um, the the future of rugby in New Zealand and stuff, we've obviously had the Silver Lakes deal go through, which has uh, been all the news. And I know uh, the Players Association weren't too keen on it first time around. What do you make of it this time around? I don't know the intricate details of it. I was going to uh, message Daggy afterwards, after this actually, and see what the goal is with it. So I don't actually know heaps about it, bro. Um, yeah. I know to an extent that, like, it's business, and even if, and even if I didn't want something to go through, or even if some of the players' association didn't want something to go through, but it's the best business decision. I understand that New Zealand mm. rugby is also a business too. So it's like I can see both sides of the coin on it. Um, yep. But yeah, I don't. I wouldn't be able to comment on this deal because I don't know uh, everything that's gone on in it. What about TJ? I know you're very passionate for your club, you know, Porirua, and you go back and play so many times for them. You're always giving back to them. What What would a bit of financial uh, support do for Porirua Club? Like, you know, giving back to them, helping with the club rooms. You know, tell us about that. The the upside from maybe getting a little bit of a financial, uh, you know, increase to to their little uh, funds. Yeah, the yeah, financial increase will definitely um, help most clubs around the country, I think. Um, it's mm. like, what's the trade-off for it, I guess, is the, the question, and is the is mm. the downside to the trade-off, because it's a trade-off to everything. Is the downside to that yeah. trade-off worth it um, glo- uh, nationally for us? And if it is, like, man, all, all power to it. Like, that's a, 
it's a good thing for footy if the trade-off for that extra money is quite low. Um, mm. If it's not, then that's where the, the debate sits, I think. But yeah, you're right, bro. Like more nice. money to the club footy, especially if it's used really well um, with our youth. Um, I mm. reckon is like that, that's a good starting point, man. Nice, TJ. Oh, we're going to let you go, bro. But before then, we had a wee uh, text message, a little debate. So TJ and myself are going to have a golf game. We're going to have a golf game coming soon off the stick. And we're going to play for one, yeah, e- one Ethereum. Yeah. We're going to play for one Ethereum. Yeah, if you go Google how much one Ethereum that is, we're off the stick. He won't beat me, bro. You won't beat me. <laughs> I will, bro. I will. I remember the last time we played, bro. You were about what? 15 off the tee, you put about seven balls over and you walked off the course, bro. <laughs> that's, that's heavenly imprinted that's, in, your, in your head, bro. You can't forget that. That's because you got no etiquette, bro. You have to show etiquette. Like, when you're on the on the tee block, you can't be standing behind me giggling, gate. <laughs> bro, you know, you got to show some out of bounds. I can't help, can't help but laugh, bro. Well, as you said earlier, oh, TJ, there's a trade-off for everything, mate. And, you know, the things that Izzy will do to get some uh, content for this show, he's trading off uh, that by giving you an Ethereum already by the sounds of things. He is giving me an Ethereum, 100%. I'm not, bro. I'm not. I'm not. I told you I'm going to take that Ethereum off you. I appreciate your time, TJ Pedernada. He is currently injured. He's got sore knees from when I was training with him back in 2017. (laughs) We'll catch up with you soon. Oh, I love you, boy. Yeah, my boy. There he is, TJ Finnell, the absolute champion. He is funny. He is as funny as he come. Honestly, the most competitive person I've ever met, and I know the competitiveness he's going to bring to that golf course. Hopefully he brings a bit more etiquette than our skipper, Baz McCullum. Anyway, we'll be back shortly to talk South Africa, joining the Six Nations. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Store or online at Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Good morning, you're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Great to chat to TJ Perinara, as always, he's witty as, and tries to get in to me. That was our Mick Cafe coffee catch-up. He just flicked me a text and said he loves coming on the show and having a wee laugh, and well, we've just had a wee bit. I think watch this space, we'll get some great content for Baz and Izzy as I'll take on TJ Perinara in the golf game. We played once in Ireland, and honestly, his golf game's horrific. <laughs> But his competitive his competitiveness and his cheek and his wittiness on the course is what keeps him in the game. So I'll keep that live and I'll let you know how when that unfolds. Maybe a couple of weeks we get a bit of freedom and I'm able to travel to go and see him. But right now we're going to talk uh, to Chris Foy and I'll let, throw it over to you, Rick. Yeah, Chris Foy from the, the Daily Mail joins us uh, out of the UK. Uh, Chris, thanks for coming on and giving us some time, mate. You, you just written a uh, a great article uh, in the last day about uh, South Africa joining the Six Nations, looking like 2025. Um, how's this come about, and how the heck are they going to get Italy out of there? Morning, guys. Hope you're well. Um, yeah, it's been a, a bit of a crazy day with responses to this story. It's It's, it's certainly mm. sort of a stirred up a bit of a storm. Um, look, there's there's a way to go on all of it. This is all just stuff bubbling away behind the scenes, but it has really, really been sort of uh, discussed and pushed uh, board, at boardroom level uh, amongst the powers that be in the game. There's been a lot of this discussion going on. I've heard various different sort of points of view about it. Um, but 
the simple fact is, I think South Africa have been looking north, thinking that's where they're sort of future lies for a while. There's been, obviously, as you guys well know, the sort of the fragmentation of Super Rugby and how that's changed, you know, during the COVID period. And then, you know, the South African sides joining the United Rugby Championship and coming into European Cups. And, and I think the whole sort of vision involved uh, ultimately, the Springboks joining the Six Nations, and that's been on the cards for a while. We did a story in the Daily Mail a couple of years ago about how this was sort of in the pipeline, and uh, it came up again yesterday because obviously there'd been the Sanzar announcement about their broadcast deal, so it sort of became quite a topical issue again. But I'm, I'm led to believe that this is still very much in the pipeline of South Africa making that switch, and there is some opposition Um amongst certain sort of quite powerful people. But ultimately, CVC, who have invested in the sport all over the place and ploughed a lot of money in, seem to be in favour. And to be honest, I just think once private equity is involved and they decide they want something, they tend to get what they want. Mm. It tends Mm. tends to be the way. Uh, I mean, CVC have spent $743 million New Zealand to get in here. Uh, They've got a one-seventh stake in the Six Nations, which means they've got equal stakes with each of the other nations. Uh, Obviously, Italy looks like the ones uh, that are the scapegoat. And we know South African rugby, you know, isn't exactly flush at the moment. So how will that work? I mean, if you're going to remove the Italians, you'd expect it has to be South African Rugby Union that buys them out. But I don't know that they're in a position to do it, are they? I think, and again, I think this is where CVC become the key the key player in all this. Uh, it, it's difficult, anything to do with them, because they're very secretive. We, we, you know, we've all been there trying to bang the door down for conversations with them, interviews, try and get their point of view across, like present your vision for the game. They don't tend to be too keen to do that. They want to work behind the scenes very secretively. Um, but I think a lot of people saw what they did in Formula One and they've done in other sports where... Obviously, their agenda is to push the maximising of revenue as quick as possible, really tap into new markets, you know, load up on broadcast deals and uh, innovations that mean you sort of uh, enhance the package, like the brand of the sport, if you like. And Mm. essentially, the bottom line is the Six Nations has been carrying a weak link for a while. And as as harsh as that may (laughs) be. sound that's the fact of the matter that Italy have been a long way off the pace they haven't won a game since 2015 and and what's quite ironic is there's been a huge backlash in these part in this part of the world today from people saying how dare anyone question Italy's place a lot of the same people have been saying Italy don't deserve to be here and get Georgia in or get promotion <laughs> and relegation going for the last few years yeah. so it just depends which which sort of uh, angle people are coming at but that that's the, you know, they've been seen as vulnerable for a while, but you can't just go into a tournament knowing one of the teams is just going to lose every game every year. Hey, Chris, it's Izzy here, mate. Great to have you on the show. What's the underlying, what's the feeling like towards CVC and these private equity firms coming in and having so much power and stake? We've got a topical debate down here, down south, with uh, Silver Lake Steel. They've just come on and, and bought a stake in the commercial co of New Zealand rugby, and there's you know, everyone's there's a few people for, there's a few people against. What's the underlying feeling over in over in the north? I I think to be honest, that the, the feeling here would be the same feeling that people following the sport in New Zealand would have, which is that mm. uh, the, the average person following the game, members of the public who want to follow the game, have have the sort of the game at heart, if you like. They want to see they want to see the game. They're interested in the players and the teams mm. and 
who's going to win, who's going to lose, and, and proper competitions involving the best players and the best teams and all the politics of it, all the finance of it, doesn't really matter to people who are following the game. They just love the romance and the excitement of the sport, and that's as it should be. But So I think there's, there's quite a backlash against any sense that, if you like, the tail's wagging the dog, that the, the, the investors hidden away behind the scenes are dictating terms to all the, the unions and the clubs, and, and they are the real sort of power brokers behind the scenes now. But the, the simple fact is, and this applies all over the world, the game has been on a precipice financially. It was before COVID, but COVID came along and made it even worse. And I just think mm. we're in, we're in a, a, an era where the bottom line about how much is it going to make us is going to be the only is going to be the only real factor. Those people who've got to make the decisions will just say, well, what does this pay and what does this pay and weigh up the two. Whichever pays more is going to get the vote. And you know, in in the case of the Six Nations, there's a whole unstitching of almost like the constitution and what would ha- how would it work if they did actually say we want to bring one team in and remove another team. That team, if it's mm. Italy, would have a veto in theory. But this has never been done before. And and again, when there's when there's that big factor of private equity involved, I just tend to have this suspicion that if they decide right, this is the way we're going to go, they will get there. It might be messy yeah. along the way, but mm. they'll find a way. Chris, uh, I mean, the, this investment, I guess you would call it, in uh, trying to turn Italy into another world power in rugby, uh, feels like it'll all have been a big waste of time if if it goes the way it looks like it's going to go. I mean, we've just seen Italy in the under-20s beat the England under-20s. So it's obviously having yeah. some effect, and obviously this is three years away. I mean, we could be in a situation where 2025, just as they get kicked out, they start becoming competitive. I mean, what's the take on that? And is there an opportunity that this becomes the Seven Nations? Yeah, well, this is the thing. Seven Nations is not off the table. This is not an absolute dumb deal that it will be bring one in, remove one. The, it, the information I have is that that is the more likely scenario. And you can understand why, where if you are talking about a company behind the scenes who are looking at simply wringing every commercial drop out of something, they're going to want to see it being the most competitive, vibrant, you know, um, uh, even well-balanced sort of competition. So I, I get the logic of, well, we can't carry one team who are a long way below the standard of the rest. But at the same time, expansion is not completely off the table and it will inve- inevitably still be discussed because, as we all know, much as everyone talks about player welfare is our number one priority, the rugby governance model is, if in doubt, just play more games. I'll tell you what we'll do, we'll just play some more games. Let's create another competition. Let's have a World Club Cup. Oh, well, we can't fit it in. Well, we'll find a way. That's always the way they mm. tend to operate. They'll just find a way to play more games. So this is not a sort of done deal at this stage. But the, the, the way it seems to be going is that the sort of the plan A scenario that's being talked about would involve not expanding and just switching one for another. Now, if they get into the nitty gritty of, as I said, almost like the constitutional element of how that will work, how it all gets picked apart and decided and they find out that he's not viable, then again, driven by private equity, no doubt they will push for expansion. And that will involve having to play, uh, pay uh, a hell of a lot more compensation to clubs for another weekend of their season being taken away, potentially, and so on. Um, so there's, there's various layers to it. Um, but yeah, ex- expansion is not completely off the table, but it sounds like at this stage, uh, one for the other, uh, a, a swap, if you like, is the, is the sort of preferred option. 
Chris Ford from the Daily Mail, the, uh, the, 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 the rugby writer-in-chief there. Thank you very much for coming on on your day off, mate. We'll let you get back to the family. I uh, really appreciate Thanks, it. Chris. Go well. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Cheers, uh, Chris Foy there with us. Here's Emma with news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Hey, thanks, Emma. Uh, We've got our our, our Choices Flooring poll. Uh, See your floor change in an instant with RoomView. The Choices Flooring RoomView program takes the guesswork out of choosing flooring. Upload your favourite floor today. Now, there's uh, a new place that you can go and vote on uh, the Choices Flooring poll, and that is the SENZ app. So download the SENZ app if you haven't already. Just click on Baz and Izzy where you listen to us uh, in the app, and bang, the poll is right there for you to vote on. Uh, At the moment, the force, Izzy, haven't got a single vote, and the Drua are leading. Uh, but what we'll do is we'll, uh, we'll we might uh, we might have a look at a final uh, a final tally just before nine o'clock on this one and give you an opportunity to jump on the SENZ app and vote in that choices flooring poll. Which Super Rugby team is most likely to start with a win this weekend? The Canes, the Highlanders, the Drua, or the Force? Uh, your uh, are your options on that one, mate? But uh, yeah, interesting that no one's giving the Force in, a shot in Canberra. Ah, yeah, it'd be pretty pretty tough for the force. Let's, let's be honest. They, they uh, have struggled a wee bit in the last couple of years. Um, they're, they're getting better and better, but they're, they're facing the Brumbies in Canberra, who are real tough, real tough to face in Canberra. So I can see the Brumbies getting that one. Chiefs being the Hollanders. Crusaders being the Hurricanes. And VG Draw, there's actually a text message coming early. Hi, guys. To, today's tip. Take Fiji Drua to score two plus tries in both halves, paying $7 in the power play, which is, if anyone can do it, those Fijians with the razzle-dazzle and their ability to score from anywhere, they can put on a performance and score two tries in each half, paying 7 bucks. Now, he came through yesterday, that texture, with the power play, 10 maidens paying 10 bucks in the first session. So uh, if, if that's anything to go by, follow him in. We heard the news with Emma, she talked about Alan Sherrick. He's on 898 wins. Well, I've just had a wee look at his card today. So he's race two. He's got Soph Mays. Soph Mays, jockey uh, ridden by Lisa Allpress. She's an outstanding jockey. It's paying $1.85. It's had one start for a third on a soft track. Anyone in New Plymouth know what the track conditions are or what the weather is, please give us a text on double eight double three because that is a big influence of where I'm leading with my wee tip. So, so Soph Mays, that will be his probably 899th win. And then I'll have a look a bit later on to see what will bring up the 900. So thank you, Emma, and thank you, Ricardo. Super Rugby tipping is here because Super Rugby starts this weekend and we are fired up. So go on and register now at tipping.senzradio.nz for your chance to win a weekly prizes and a massive Samsung 65-inch TV for the season's top tipper. Smith City, stoked to support Super Rugby Aotearoa. Sign up now. Come and take on Ricardo and myself. I'm Dagger15. Search me up and you can take me on, mate. You feeling confident about that, Rick? Oh, mate, all over it. All over (laughs) it, brother. Oh, nice. Nice. (laughs) Well, coming up shortly, we're going to have a wee chat to Pip Morris. She's here for the TAB and get a little... 
rundown on uh, what's happening in the sporting world and particularly we're going to bring our showdown bet. So you've got one, Rick. I've got one. Yep. We'll bring a little showdown because last year we came last. So I need you to bring some heat. I know you picked Ireland unders last last year, and I laughed at you, and they won in unders. So laughing's on the laughing stock. Um, so yeah, we'll come back with Pip Morris very very shortly. We'll be back shortly. Or online at Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. We're coming up to quarter to nine here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It's time. For our TAB live update, bet live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. And we've got Pip on the line. Good morning, Pip. Good morning, guys. How are you? And look for a huge racing of a weekend of racing to look forward to as well. Oh, well, it is, it is, it is. We got our showdown bet to come to you with, don't we? Yeah, the racing mega multi-faster there. We thought we'd bring it back for so much racing. So why not get together, chuck a multi, and of course, you can play four legs or more, and if you miss by one leg, you can get a refund up to $50 as a bonus bet. So shall we put one all together again? Okay, okay. I'm going to go first. I'll go with Baz's pick. So Baz has gone Bonnie Lass in race two for a win. That is tomorrow at Ellerslie. Bonnie Lass. Paying fours. And paying four bucks-ish. And I've gone the perfect pink in race seven for a win, and that's paying about $3. Okay, is that is that Ellerslie as well? Is that is it, Ellerslie? Yep. Okay. What are you uh, going, Rick? Uh, I'm just going to add that in because I just got to build this as we as we talk. The perfect pink is paying threes. I I looked at uh, race one at uh, New Plymouth today. Um, Jamie Richards trained Sam Weatherly on board La Flora Bell, paying three thirty. So I'm going to chuck that in. If in doubt, go with a favourite. But I know that uh, Pip, you've got something uh, <laughs> you got something a bit spicy for us out of Invercargill today. I do, I do. I caught up with Calvin Tyler yesterday, and he was really keen around Kilowatt in the Invercargill Cup. It's the only cup he hasn't got, and it's around $7.50. Thanks if the rain comes, there's a huge chance. Which race is that, Pip? What number? Race number eight at Invercargill, Kilowatt. Kilowatt. Oh, yes, paying seven fifty oh. too. Ooh, making, uh, making, that, uh, making that pretty spicy. If we multi all those together <laughs> and put our $50 uh, bonus bet on that, it is returning potentially 13 and a half K. That's a very nice <laughs> amount to give away, hopefully, to some lucky listener. Oh, there we go. There we go. Pip, you got anything else for us before we let you go? Well, of course, we've got the bonus black blitz across all of the main races tomorrow as well as they're out of Ellerslie, of course, for the Avondale meeting. And, and then oh, today yes. we've got Palmerston and North Greyhounds and, of course, New Plymouth. Yeah, so plenty to look forward to bonus black races across the first two at New Plymouth as well. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much, Pip Morris from the TAB. Have a great day. You too, Izzy. See you later. See you, Pip. Thank you. That is, that is Pip Morris. Promotions in play and hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. We've had a few texts come through about New Plymouth. It is raining. A little bit of rain this morning in New Plymouth. Overcast and not too warm. Track should be on the soft side. Just just started raining in New Plymouth, likely a soft track. So there you go. There's a wee update. If you're betting in New Plymouth today, the track will be on the soft side. It's time for our Waikato Start Racing Preview. Today we're going to have a chat to champion jockey.
Craig Grills. He's absolutely on a hot grill at the moment. He's riding extremely well. The race for New Zealand Jockeys Premiership is heating up as Craig Grills looks to maintain his points, leading by notching up a few big week uh, wins this weekend at Ellerslie. He's also riding in New Plymouth, which he'll thankfully uh, be well, on, a, on a dime today. He's got a couple of nice horses and then leading into Saturday with La Creek. Oh, I can't wait to watch the weekend's racing, and we're going to chat to Craig Girls right now. He's on the line. Good morning, Craig. Yeah, morning, guys. How's it going? Very good, Girlsy. It's great to have you on the show, mate. I've, uh, I've been punting as of late since I've joined the show, mate. We talk a lot of horse racing, and I've been getting, getting involved and putting a few dollars on, mate, and you've ruined my life a few <laughs> times, mate. You're riding extremely well. <laughs> Girlsy, you must be happy with how the season's unfolding, but... <laughs> No, you definitely, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> but no, no, but, um, no, the season's going really good. Yeah, getting on some really nice horses and getting really a lot of good support from um, from big stables. And, and it's really, yeah, it's paying off. Uh, yeah, Craig, we had to, uh, as you would have just heard with Pitt Morris uh, today, uh, pick a horse each to put into a uh, racing uh, mega multi-buster with a tab. And uh, I jumped into race five and I thought, well, Grilsey's coming in. I have to pick one of Grilsey's horses. And I jumped on Winkle Bay, but uh, before I could get the bet on, she'd been scratched, mate. What's the deal? He, uh, what's going on? Uh, yeah, I got a message from Robbie Patterson this morning. He said she just walked out of the box a little bit, a little bit sore this morning. So... Um... Um, had to scratch it. Had nothing major, but just just a minor setback. So um, yeah, I thought she was probably my, my, my best ride of the day. So, um, but unfortunately, she's out. And anything else you can lead us into today before we talk about the big meet in Ellisley on Saturday? Um, I think I actually I don't mind the, the horse in the in the first race, Yellow Jersey. Um, had had a bit of a um, Drew a wide gate and had a, had a tough run last time over a mile. Steps up to the 1800, which I reckon is going to suit. And um, I think it could be a good improver. Four thirteens and three sixty. She's a, she's a good earner. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I, hopefully it can come in. Hopefully it can roll roll home. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh well, let's uh, let's talk about Saturday. La Creek, you're on one of the favourites. La Creek's been uh, it's a great horse. You've um, ridden it for a few wins as of late. So tell us about the Creek Saturday. It's racing against my wild horse. I love this horse. Perfect pink. It's got me paid. But you pretty confident with the Creek on Saturday? Yeah, she's um she, she was dominant dominant at um Trentham and the Desert Gold. Um mm. yeah, like I, I thought she was pretty good, but she, yeah, she really blew me away how she won that day. Um I rode her in a gallop on um Tuesday morning and um her work was top notch too, so um, she's drawn out a little bit, but as long as we can get a bit of cover somewhere, she's got a dev- devastating turn of foot on her. Nice. Well, t- just quickly before we let you go, uh, tell us about Coventina Bay, mate, watching that race. The perfect ride, as people say. You just held it back nice, and they pulled on the outside and, and come over the top as of late. You must be pretty happy. Was that, was that an awesome ride, mate? You enjoy that? Yeah, it was, it was a big thrill um, winning that um, for Robbie. He's a... He's a Great trainer on the up and um and a, and, a, and a good bloke too. So get his first group one for him was was a big thrill and um yes yeah, she's a class little race mare you know she's not big but just geez, she's so tough so tough so um she's going to go to Ellerslie now for the um the bone crushes during Auckland Cup week so hopefully she can get, go back to back group ones. 
Beautiful, beautiful. We look forward to watching you race tomorrow and keep going up. Keep keep up the great work, mate. You've been riding outstanding, and like I said, you've ruined me a couple of times. So keep doing it, and uh, I'm sure you'll get a few people paid out here many, many times. That is Craig Grills, who's leading the championship for the Premiership Jockey of the Year. So keep up the great world work, Grillsy. Yep, cheers guys, thank you, have a good one Cheers, thanks Craig Grills there with uh, Waikato Stud, home of champion size including Savabeel and Ocean Park, when we come back we're going to catch up with Smithy, it's good we'll be able to talk cricket with one member of our team today, is he?